0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW. Root. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18
0: plus. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies, and you're about to listen to a podcast hosted by From Page to Screen's own Stuart Bannerman. Hope you enjoy.
2: This is
1: Ms.
0: Bampy, and you are listening to From Page to Screen.
1: Hey there, Stu. How's things? Hello. I'm um, not too bad. Good, good, good. Hey, good. Let's get
0: Lauren in. As usual, I I think I'm actually the person who creates the games for the show now, because I've got a quiz for the <laughs> end of the show, and it's um related to the topic, band films. And I've seen enough films as well.
1: Yeah, I've seen more TV guess- than films.
0: Lauren!
2: Hello.
1: How you doing?
2: Not too bad. Very rushed. Good. Uh-oh. Bad. That's not good. What else is new?
1: nothing um, so Stu let's be careful and not mention uh, the National Health Service or body piercings in this program all right <laughs>
2: that would be wise that would be very very wise of you
1: were you were you aware on Twitter that your uh, your Twitter rant was around 45 minutes <laughs> it's like oh my god I checked your timeline I'm like whoa you were not happy hello listeners this is Scream Queen Brooke Lewis And I am a huge fan of From Page to Scream.
3: What kind of people are we dealing with here, Darkwood?
1: They're coming to get you, Barbara. I want to go down the street from Mackenzie's house. I want you to tell them to call the police. (laughs)
0: The fun, I knew one of us was going to drop out with that. Is he back yet? Yeah, I'm back. Good. Yeah.
2: Hopefully it's not yes. me since in the new flat, you know, this is the first podcast in the new place. Um, it is the same uh, Sky Unlimited as I had at my mom's house. So it shouldn't be any different for me so far, you know, with the Xbox and everything, it's been quite good. So, I hope it's not me. I think you know
1: it's, what, The uh, thing is, if it is, don't worry about it. We are no strangers to internet issues,
0: any of us. I think it's Mr. Banana Man just there. Why? It's not me. I've, yeah, I've got well, new fast internet, haven't I? Oh, so you've got new internet. It
1: might well, be, I've got, my Well, I've got faster internet than I previously had. And I did a test last Monday on a podcast with Fraser no, from Cops and Monsters. Again. Is he? Oh, no, I'm I'm still here. He's still there. still here. I'm still there. And uh, we did over an hour uninterrupted with no Skype outs, so I was quite happy about that, but who knows?
0: I hope it's not my fault then.
1: Oh, (laughs) we'll deal with it. Look at it this way, guys. It's me that does all the editing, so whatever happens.
0: Well, Um, I'm I'm thinking about upgrading my broadband anyway, getting rid of my TV because I don't need it anymore, to be honest, and just using the money what I would have spent on the television to upgrade my broadband to fibre, so... that's what I'm probably going to do because I've got an Android TV box now so I definitely don't need Sky TV anymore.
2: Oh, fancy.
0: Yeah. I I got rid
1: of Netflix this week because I really don't need it. I've got that many movies to watch on disc that I can afford to uh, dump Netflix for six months.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking about doing the
1: same as well. Yeah.
2: Oh, I love Netflix.
1: I do. I love Netflix but I'm not in any danger. I'm never going to run out of films to watch um if i didn't have netflix so so there we go so um what's up what's going on anything exciting who's where hello hello it's gonna be one of those shows <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: gonna be a, a hello show.
1: Hello. Yeah. Yes, it's still it's still recording at my end, so I've not dropped out just yet, but it's going to be one of those hello, hello. So I'm going to spend a few days cutting out hellos yep. from, uh, um, from oh. a rather lengthy thing. Uh, first up, welcome, uh, not welcome, happy belated birthday to Chris from the Bind Torture cast. He had his hey. birthday last week. Cool dude. Happy birthday. And uh, thank you for all the shout outs on your podcast, especially the legendary... Lauren rants, which he, uh, <laughs> he did comment on. They make him laugh on his drive to work.
2: Oh, so, yeah. You know. That made my day. Thank you very much for that mention. Okay.
1: Which I'm sure that's exactly why things wind you up, Lauren, just so you can entertain Chris on his way
2: Absolutely. to work. Absolutely. Like, my goal in life is just to entertain. So,
0: yes. If, if that's exactly. the case, then I don't recommend him listening to my show when I go off on rants as well, because then he <laughs> would just end up having a car crash, to be honest. So,. <laughs> Yeah, I've sort of like, become an expert at it. I, I had a one on the show last week. So, yeah. What was film? Um, it was on one of those Christian horror movies called The Remaining.
2: Christian horror films? <laughs> Hang on, what?
0: Yeah, there, there are such things as Christian horror films. There was one um, starring Nicolas Cage called Left Behind. What? Which was voted yeah. one of oh, the yeah. worst films. They're
1: like one out of five or something. <laughs> yeah, it was voted one of the worst
0: films of 2014, but it wasn't released over here until the start of this year. And it was a remake of a 2000 film, which had a trilogy of films, which were majorly panned by critics. This one was badly panned by critics. And I've watched a, watched a film called The Remaining, which again, it's about the rapture, the end of the world, and how uh, the evil people remain on earth, but good people get their souls taken out and have epileptic seizures before that happened happens and gets took up to heaven supposedly yeah. oh, so i had a bit of a rant on that review because they're the kind of films you don't know who the hell they're aimed at because they're not aimed at people who are christians who are heavily into going to church and believe in god and all that stuff because they will not watch horror movies yet they're not for fans of horror films because then why would the hell hell a horror person watch a christian film they want to see gore they want to see murder they want to see death they don't want to see christians mourn about the fact that the souls are being took up to heaven and the the evil people are left on earth it's just they're ridiculous they're pointless films
1: yeah they are some of them are made for christians because look how much money the passion of the christ made and on all accounts that was pretty horrific yeah in Which furnace, I've never but watched. Love,
2: I think from coming from a religious background. I mean, I'm an atheist now. I have been since I was old enough to, you know, concoct my own opinion on it all. But having grown up in quite a Christian uh, family, and also the fact that I'm from Northern Ireland, and there's so many fucking religious troubles in this stupid country. It is unreal. Uh, I am actually quite partial to a horror film that has religion at its core. I mean, primarily exorcism films. Um, I'm a sucker for those, but I think I might be partial to the odd Christian horror film, now that I know that's a thing.
0: Yeah, but, but unfortunately, it's the way they're handled. They, they're not handled with um, the way exorcism films are handled, because they, they have religious undercurrents in that. Because it, if you boil those kind of films down to, to its core, it is very religious, because it is all about Satan taking over a human being and possessing them. Whereas yeah. these Christian films, they haven't a clue how to handle the horror side of it. They, yeah. they know how to do the religious side of it, and people going, "Oh, I believe it's Jesus who is taking me up to heaven." Yet they don't know how to handle the horror side of things. They, it, it just, they haven't a clue because it's just like two. It's a yin and yang kind of thing, but in this case, it's a yin and yang that do not meet together. It, it's two yeah. subjects which should never meet. Horror should never meet with them um, with with very heavily Christian-influenced films. Religion it's is like fine.
1: like ying and crisps.
0: Yeah. It, you know, it,
1: makes no sense.
0: It, it, it's it's heaven and hell. Horror belongs in hell. All this Christian stuff belongs in heaven and on these specific God channels. Leave it to that kind of thing. Steer away from horror.
2: Well, I don't really think that's fair because horror is one of these genres that allows people to explore sort of um, dark depths of the psyche and the monsters within us all, you know, real monsters and theoretical monsters, you know. So um, I think it's a bit unfair to just completely dismiss the idea of a Christian horror film. I mean, there's bound to be a couple of good ones out there. Maybe we just haven't found them yet.
0: Yeah, not that I know of, no. I've seen so far, I've seen two this year and both of them have been horrendously bad.
2: I didn't even know it was a thing, to be honest. I'll definitely, I'll try and watch one or two for the next podcast.
1: Well, stay away. there's, there's also, um, there's, an H- there's an HBO TV series called The left- Leftovers, which deals with the rapture as well. Episode one's pretty good, but I've not gone back and watched the remaining ones.
2: The name rings a bell, but I haven't heard or seen anything about it, really.
0: Well, let's stay away from left the remaining, then. Don't watch it. shall
2: rest- do. Shall do. <laughs> anyway. yep.
1: Yep. yep. Yes. <laughs> now we've alienated all the religious people who may listen or who may not listen. Never mind. Eh,
3: it's my uh, fault. Um, people
1: should be used to me by now. Yeah, it's technically Chris's fault because he had a birthday. We were talking about him. Then we got onto rants, and then we got onto the rant that you've just done. So Chris, Slank thanks for. Uh,
0: thank you for losing lovely, all our religious doing? listeners. What's the matter with you? <laughs> god's sake oh trust me um, it might actually get worse on tonight's show with me okay.
2: that, oh here that's no. that's a promise i like to hear right yeah in, you know, eight the, minutes into the podcast
0: <laughs> because of the the sub the talking point the subject that we are going to talk about and uh one of the films that relates to that specific subject then um yeah you might get a rant out of me
2: yes I, I saw um, Stuart you mentioned on Twitter by asking me a certain question that I won't bring up now but um, yes. my opinion on it and everything I didn't get a chance to write back to you on Twitter because I've been I've worked nearly 40 hours this week and it's just been absolutely mad so um, it hasn't been too good but uh, yeah I look forward to answering that what else is on That's the agenda awesome. tonight?
1: Um, I'm going to ask Stu his question as well which um, he picked up on and he went yep He's he's picked up on that one. Um, Just things we've watched in general catch-up, really, I think. And hopefully the internet will be relatively well-behaved. And, uh, yeah, just a general chit-chat and see how everybody is and what everybody's been watching. So I haven't had a chance to dig up any horror news other than... Uh, from Dust till dawn season two is underway shooting because uh the mr blair witch project himself he's directing some of the episodes eduardo sanchez and on his facebook he was sharing like a couple of the uh, behind the scenes photos so from Dust till dawn season two which again will probably pop up on netflix so yeah i'll have to obtain it some other way uh, i'm looking forward to season two i enjoyed season one and Let the Right One In being remade for TV. What do you guys reckon about that one? Is it a good idea? Is it a stupid idea? Stu, what do you reckon?
2: Mm. <laughs> I, I, I just did the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm
0: torn. I, I'm torn yeah. here because it's an interesting premise to do, but that premise was actually done perfect in a two-hour film. I, it's sort of like the From Dusk Till Dawn thing, whereas From Dusk Till Dawn, it, it's a, a decent enough contained film. And the TV series probably would have been better instead of retreading the same uh, footsteps as the film if it just continued on from the, the film, which I'm guessing maybe is From Dusk Till Dawn Season 2 might do that. Um, regarding Let the Right One In, I don't know if there's much of a universe there to turn it into a TV series. Yeah. Considering if you look at the remake of the film, it was sort of like a straightforward remake. They, they tweaked a few things here and there, but it was pretty much a, a straightforward remake according to Smith-McPhee and Chloe Grismeritz I think they handled it really well over the original. I love the original. I think the original is better than the remake, but the remake is still really good. I don't know how they can turn that into a TV series unless they look back on a previous life, her life before she actually made residence in that flat, so you explored the life of the, the main character in the film. Maybe it could turn into a TV series that way, That way, but it could end up being an X-Files thing where it could be a monster of the week or a, a scare kind of thing of the week. So it, it, they don't need to go down that route. I'll be all for it if they're going down exploring her past to make it a prequel to the film rather than following on the same storyline as the film.
1: I think the danger is as well casting because if this thing carries on for like two three seasons, that kid's going to age. <laughs> it's like, oh, she's
0: not supposed to age. Yeah. So
1: that's one thing they'll have to um, have to think about around the boardroom
0: table. Yeah, very true. We'll see how we'll see how they handle it.
1: I mean, my initial reaction was, oh, for God's sake, can they not do something original? This is like the third or the second time this is being remade. And then I thought, you know what, it could actually work because so I'm thinking to something like Bates Motel. We're initially like, what? They're going to do a TV series prequel in cycle? That's insane! But it worked. Um, so who knows? It might with let the right one in. The
0: possibly. only the only doubt I've got is the person who's handling it is the guy who did um, Teen Wolf, the TV series for MTV. <laughs> yeah. Right. Ouch. Has
1: <laughs> anybody here actually watched that TV series? No. no. No, I haven't. Nope.
0: Me neither. I could barely sit through the sequel to Teen Wolf. Never mind a TV <laughs> series related to Teen Wolf.
2: Oh, jeez. Yeah.
0: The sequel's awful. The original's a really fun film. The sequel's awful. Oh, the
1: original one's amazing. A
0: basketball-playing werewolf.
1: That works. So, there we go. Um, Yeah, any news? Lauren, have you seen any horror news that's popped up that's excited you?
2: Well, there's a few things I wanted to talk about. Maybe not 100% horror-related, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it regardless. Um, First thing, obviously is the new alien concept going ahead, you know, with uh, Neil Blomkamp, or however you pronounce his name, I'm awful with names. Um, I've actually been quite surprised by the amount of bloody hatred that has been going around Twitter and just general social media um, about the fact that he is going ahead with this. Whenever, a couple of months ago, whenever the, you know, the concept artwork came out, everyone was like, oh wow, this looks really good, this is beautiful. Then these same people, a couple of weeks later, are just completely turning on the idea and like kind of condemning it before it even starts they're basing this on the fact that it's bloom camp and um you know with the success and like i personally think that district nine is a really beautiful wonderful film but his other works as director whatever else like chappy and you know people are just kind of looking at that and saying well oh, i don't want him to do alien <laughs> and it's kind of annoying me to be honest like I don't really think it's fair to condemn someone before they even try especially since the concept artwork is so good and Sigourney Weaver is talking about returning I I I don't see how people could be so negative about it before we even hear any more you know it's it's just so stupid to me
1: can I chip in first for this one Stu yeah go on I heard that Neil Blomkamp was going to be doing Alien 5 and I was all excited because I haven't seen Chappie. I've seen the reviews, uh, but never mind, I'll judge it when I watch it myself when it comes out. I've seen it, but I'll get into
0: that when we go over the films that we've watched. I really
1: like District 9. I am one of the few people that really enjoyed Elysium um, and I wished he'd been able to do his Halo movie. But, you know, without that, we might not have got to... district nine and i got all excited when i heard bloom camp was doing alien five until i heard some of the original stories going around that he was going to do his as a follow-up to aliens and totally disregard alien three and alien four that was the original stories people like yeah he's going to do it as if alien three and four didn't exist i went berserk because i like alien three Alien 4 is not my most favorite one, but I can still enjoy that film, and I rewatched it a few weeks back, and it's yeah. still got some really stunning stuff in it, and it's definitely not a terrible film. It's no. just not my favorite of the Alien franchise, but, you know, never mind. So I got all ratty and peed off I'm like oh my god it's lazy script writing if you're just going yeah well that didn't quite work so we'll just totally disregard that but then the stories came out that he wasn't going to disregard Alien 3 and Alien 4 he was just going to set his Alien movie in between Aliens and Alien 3 so it wasn't necessarily going to be well you know we're just going to ignore the fact that Sigourney died at the end of Alien 3 and she was a clone in Alien 4 that hopefully could still happen Um, So I'm actually back on board with it now that it's not just a case of him just totally changing movie history. So some people still think that he's planning to erase Alien 3 and Alien 4, but if you dig into the storyline, he's not. He's just doing his film as a follow-on from Aliens. Uh, So as long as it leads into Alien 3, I'm okay. So, for example, if his Alien film came out and Sigourney somehow died in that one, or uh, Newt, if she's back in it, she somehow didn't go in the escape pod at the end or whatever, then I'll be annoyed again. But, uh, yeah, we shall see. So I was annoyed, but now I'm not. Stu, what do you reckon?
0: Well, uh, just to clear a few things up, regarding um, his Halo project, it was Chappie was originally conceived before District 9. As a matter of fact, he had in 2002. Before he did District 9, he went off then to do District 9, and Chappie was always there, and he plans for Chappie to make it into a trilogy of films. don't know whether he'll actually be able to do that, and then on board of In 5. and Then he was asked to do um, Halo, but because Halo fell through, went off to do Elysium, so he did that, so um, he... I, the idea that Blomkamp has been brought on board for Alien, because if you look at the concept art, if you look at the way he actually speaks about the, the Alien franchise when he's uh, interviewed multiple times, he's very passionate about the project. And you can see that by just looking at the concept art, the amazing, fantastic art that he's done with Ripley's character and with the xenomorphs and how you can sort of like change them, but just enough to make his film slightly more unique from the other ones, but still tie it in. Because if you look at each one of the films, it has... They, they have different feels to them. The first one is very psychological and claustrophobic. The second one is a, basically an action film with aliens in it. The third one, it goes back and takes elements from the first film, but sort of like makes it or sort of like a prison kind of movie. And then the fourth one is set just predominantly on the spaceship itself. Um, this, this one, his ideas for it, there seem to be. Different reports on how he wants to take it, but in an interview with Empire Magazine, when he was asked if the film is going to be called Alien 5, he turned around and says it's kind of quite bold, but it gives away too much fancy of the title. So he's got an idea of what he wants to, the title of the film to be called, which gives it its own feel. So yeah. I, I, I'm glad that they've gone with a, a director who's got vision, who's got uniqueness when he creates these films. Like I said, I'll get on to Chappie. I think Chappie is his, is his weakest film. I love the ideas that he brings across, the the human elements that he brings to sci-fi, because District 9 is a very human film. Alien stuff, it's so like in the background, it's all about the human character of Vickers. Um, Elysium, it's all about very different class systems, and so it is the human element, and again, the sci-fi part is lingering in the background. It's just there to what uh, to add the extra the extra little bit on top of the film. Same with Chappie. It's very human, but it's got the sci-fi bit there. And I think he can bring the human back to the Alien franchise, which was lacking from 2, 3, and 4, because the first one is probably the most straightforward human one with the alien in the background uh, coming forward um, near to the end of the film. So I think... Neil Blomkamp can bring it back to that one. And if that's the case, it will probably be tense, just like the first one. And that's what we need. We don't need these gung-ho alien versus predator films. We want tension back into the Alien series. And Alien Isolation did that with the brilliant game that it is. Mm -hmm. Blomkamp, I think he can do that with his vision.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with most of what you just said there, but the, the way you brought up the human element lacking in two frame four, I kind of think what's because with two, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, with um the kid coming in and um, you saw the Marines and how they got on and communicated. I mean, you know, I, their names are, you know, I forget them now, but you know, whenever they're dying, um, like one of them gets, it's been a while since I've seen the second one. So I sound like a bit of a spa here, but forgive me. Um, for in the vent, um, they're both best friends. One of them's about to die because they've been attacked with the, you know, the acid of the xenomorph or whatever else, and uh, they take a grenade to themselves, you know. Yeah. And there's just that connection there. There's the motherly love that uh, Ripley has for Newt. Um, third one, I think it's all about human emotions and human connections. I mean, you know, you have this band of men, um, all criminals in one way. These horrible, you know, rapists, abusers, thieves. You know, these this horrible group of men, all band together, um, form somewhat of a community, and um, you know, have this, you know, obviously the strong religious element and the idea of doing right and you know, abstaining from all that they did before. Um, I just I really think I can see w- w- kind of where you're coming for with the fourth one but for two and three definitely was res- I I, I would argue with you but there is definitely a lot of human emotion in there
1: I would for two and three but four not I think so if you have the to pick one though. that lacks
2: see, um,
1: see, I, I think there is
2: the first one for no. me was all about the tension of xenomorph and thinking fuck there's an alien on that ship What the hell are they going to do? You know, for me, it was very much focusing on sort of sci-fi horror, um, whereas two and three did kind of have that character development. For the first one, I think, you know, Ripley was seen as a bitch, um, and that's pretty much all she was, you know. I don't really think that there was as much human interaction and emotion portrayed in the first one.
0: There's a lot of breakdown in the first one between the characters. There's a lot of turmoil between the characters. There's a lot of tension between the characters. There's right, lots yes. of the, the, the fact that they have to band together to realise what's going on as soon as the chest burst scene happens. That's when the flow of the characters turn and there's still manipulative characters in it. Each one of the rest of the film's copy. The first film for for the, the the human characters in it, and so I think the first one has the more so that that laid out the blueprints for them, whereas the rest of the films had to copy them to do that. They, they didn't try to bring anything unique or different to each one of the characters in the, in the second or third or fourth one. But, it no, but I think the- in
1: in the second one it focused on the Ripley Newt mother daughter thing, so it toned it down, didn't have it about ten different characters. Although you did have Michael Bean as Hicks being a bit protective over Ripley um third one was a lot of that I think the human element in that was Charles dance protecting Ripley and looking after her and all that type of stuff so it's maybe not as there's not as many human relationships as there is in the first alien film but I think there there's just as much um you know not as many people but just as much uh, emotion going on I think just in a different
2: the strength is there it's just the numbers are low
1: yeah that's the one yeah but that's why we love movies because they're all different so
2: yeah yes. exactly but i just i, I brought up, <laughs> it was mostly i don't want to get into a rant this early in but it mostly just it's pissed <laughs> me off the way people have just dismissed it straight away and I'm, I'm not just talking about one or two people here i'm talking about a fucking at least a dozen people who i'm very close with on twitter just saying no fuck off not interested you know and it's it, it, it just high uh, you know i mean um in certain arguments that I've had with people whenever talking about it, both on Twitter and in private or wherever else, on Facebook or whatever, um, you know, I've been saying, why are you so dismissive of it? And then they get into how horrible Chappie was and, you know, District 9 is the only good thing Bloom Camp has done. And uh, um, then I bring up the concept artwork and basically that it is, in, you know, we're in being guys. I mean, you know, he's literally just got it within, what, like a month, month and a half, if even. You know, the casting still has to be done. Like, they don't even have a solid name yet. I mean, you know, he's kind of he's just tiptoeing around concepts and what he's going to do and whether the studio's going to let him do it. You know, I don't understand how any Alien fan could just condemn it before even trying it. You know, I'm a fan of all four films. I God forbid, I will say it. I love Prometheus. I went as far to have Alien-referenced on my body in tattoo artwork i mean fuck, i love this series and i think by just even by saying to certain people that i'm excited for this next one people are looking at me and thinking stupid bitch you know like what the hell does she know about this world you know and it's just well excuse me it's one of you know it's one of the first ever horror films i ever watched i've been invested in the story and the character of ripley for fucking years i mean you know Just because I'm excited for something that hasn't happened yet and I'm excited, just, you know, just fuck off. You know, it's just it's annoying (laughs) me so much.
1: What you should do, Lauren, is anybody who's what do you know about it and blah, blah, blah. Chappie was terrible. Just say, okay, who would you rather directed the next Alien film? And I guarantee whichever director they come out with, you can look at their filmography and pick out at least two shit films from it. Any filmmaker.
2: Yeah, I mean, who you know, something that people are very quick to forget in this industry is that film is art. And what is art? It's subjective. Not every single person is going to like your piece of art, you know. But by God, do not deny the thousands of people, if not hundreds of thousands of people worldwide, who will absolutely flip and adore this film. I mean, just seriously, have you heard yourself? I mean, (laughs) you know, like I've brought this up before. Um, I haven't really went on about it in a while because I've kind of just stopped caring. But I mean, I tell people that I like a certain film and they fucking look at me differently, you know? And you're like, who the hell are you to judge someone on what fucking films that you like? You know, don't think less of me because I, you know, I like Transformers or I'm a Michael Bay fan. Or and I know I, I know I'm as guilty for it too because I rip the piss out of Michael Bay constantly. But when I look down my nose at someone because they like fucking his remake of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? No, because film is art. Michael Bay creates art to a certain extent, and it's subjective. You know, don't fucking look down your nose at me because I'm excited about a project that hasn't even happened yet.
0: Blomkamp, yeah, so. um, if you look at his art as well, look how close it is to Geiger's.
2: Exactly, you it's know, it's very
0: like- similar to Geiger. If you if you look at Geiger's earlier art for for um, for Alien for the Alien series, it's very very. It's got that it's got that feel, and you have to realize Blomkamp is a director. He's a writer. And now he's creating, the, he's a visual effects artist. He, he's actually, he's got degrees in visual effects. He knows how to create. He's doing multiple elements, multiple things with the films. Whereas, no offense to say, for example, Ridley Scott is coming on as a producer. He's a producer and a director. He will not do the art for the films. Blomkamp is tackling it all. That's yeah. really, hard, hard, really, really difficult to do. And so he's going to put all of his heart and soul into doing it.
2: Exactly. You know, why condemn someone who clearly has passion? It's not like looking at that concept art. He just pulled these fucking ideas out of his arse. He, you know, he looked at H.R. Giger, he looked at the films, and he's, you know, he's paying homage to it while taking it in a new modern direction. I mean, what the hell is wrong with that? That's basically what Prometheus is trying to do. And as much as people may hate it, there is a strong fan group out there, myself included, who absolutely love Prometheus. I mean, no one can deny the visual beauty of that film. I know the script is never here nor there. Um, Certain plot points, the way it ended, I know, like, what film really at the end of it is without fault, you know? See, as long as you enjoy it, who the hell cares, you know?
0: Exactly.
1: And uh, which film is without fault? I can almost hear Stu saying, stand by me.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's the the only film. It's like one of... It's sort yep. of like when Lauren mentioned there, the fact that she's got um, something alien-related tattooed on her body. I've got Stand By Me tattooed on my body because she's so passionate about the Alien series, and I adore the Alien series, and it's sort of like making the cogs click into my brain giving me ideas of what I want for a next tattoo now. <laughs> um, I've got Stand By Me tattooed on my body because Stand By Me is the most important film to my life. So, it, you know, now I'm... I'm actually going to be going to the drawing board and thinking about what I can get alien-related tattooed
1: <laughs> on myself now. Chest burster, actually, coming out of the <laughs> on chest. On the chest,
0: yeah.
2: yeah. Um,
1: don't
0: tempt me, do
1: not tempt me. <laughs>
2: I mean, but no, I'm involved.
1: excited about Thanks. Alien 5, so I'll watch it.
2: I was going to say, bro, I like, I don't for one minute think that I'm the biggest fan in the world because I have one eensy-weensy fucking alien-related tattoo. Please don't take it that way if you're listening to me. I'm very passionate about how cynical people are being and uh, you know the way I have been treated by people who are supposed to be my friends whenever I say, oh, I'm excited for this film. I mean, I've had people jump down my throat for saying I'm excited about this fucking film, which to me is just unbelievably obnoxious. It's fucking downright rude. And you have no right to tell me what I can and can't enjoy, you know? I mean, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, I'm the biggest alien fan there is because I'm excited for this project. I like all four alien films and I enjoy Prometheus, you know, and and I have a tattoo. Like, I'm not fucking saying that. I'm saying that I have passion for the series and I'm open to see a new approach to it. What is so wrong about that?
1: Nothing at all. But you just people uh, people just tend to like spitting venom, yeah. you know. They do. People who shout and complain and rip films down on Twitter before those films have even been made, they seem to think their voice is louder than those that are like, you know, what? I'm looking forward to that.
2: Yeah, I could never so. be a film critic because there's so many people. Like a lot of them, um, the people who I've had encounters with, you know, at one point have, you know, been a writer or been a reviewer. You know, someone, you know, who. Critiques films and just is kind of made a living out of finding faults in films as opposed to just sitting down and enjoying them. I mean, Jesus, you know. I'm not saying that every single film ever made is wonderful. Christ knows that's not true. But, I mean, who the hell are you to judge someone for liking some silly B-movie that you go and pick up in Poundland, you know? I mean, you find something, you like it, you get defensive of it. It's true, you do get defensive, but that's never an excuse to be rude or belittle someone else's opinion, especially whenever it's a harmless opinion over a fucking film.
0: (laughs) I'm going to back away because I criticize films too much.
1: (laughs) Uh, but the thing is you're aware of it that's the difference you're not like you know you're not telling everybody they're wrong. No, you, I'm, you're, but- you're aware that you can be harsh with reviews.
0: Yeah, that, uh, but in, in the background, in in my mind, I always acknowledge the fact that it is a really difficult um, thing to do. To create a film, to come up with an idea for a film, to come up with a concept, to shoot it, to write a script, to tell actors what to do, to teach actors how to create characters and how to flow through characters and all that kind of stuff. It's I acknowledge that no matter how bad the movie is, no matter how big the budget is on a film, it's really hard to do. I. I, I completely agree with that And every single film that I've reviewed. I've always had that in my brain while I'm reviewing it. I'm just reviewing the film from the enjoyment that I've had with the film rather than looking at a, the creative standpoint of view.
2: And I've never felt like, you know, obviously you do this a lot um, and you've been doing it a hell of a lot longer than I have, both of you. But you come at it with a certain level of diplomacy And, you know, an etiquette. (laughs) Stu doesn't. You know, like I'm not saying always. I mean, as I just said, people get defensive. People get passionate. I mean, Christ knows I do. And both of you do. That's why we're such a good dynamic here. But I've never felt like, fuck, Stuart or Stu genuinely thinks I'm a fucking idiot for liking that film. I have to hang my head a little bit and take that film off my DVD shelf. Because clearly I can never watch it again. Whereas (laughs) I, I felt like that pretty much in every fucking conversation i've went on on twitter and i've tried not to let it bug me but you know you basically you're condescending me you're having a go at me for liking a film that you don't like fucking get off your high horse film is art not everyone gets art not everyone can agree or have the same opinion on a work of art but fucking respect my right to be able to enjoy it
0: well well stewart um you, the fact that you like pain and gain is is bad
1: yeah, I love I love *Painting* because I, I, I had a lot of fun watching it. I despise so. that
0: film though, but the, 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 it, <laughs> it's, it's 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 people's tastes.
1: I mean, I love the film *Meet Joe Black*. I think that yeah. is amazing. Same. even Brad Pitt hates that film. Why? But you know, I don't know. He, he was no, publicly no. running around at the time slagging it off, and he's I in it. I don't know. <laughs> but I love it. I think it's fantastic. So we all have films that uh, a lot of people like, but that they're all wrong and we're right so you know we love them anyway uh i mean Stu, is there a film that you really really like that is generally hated by most of planet earth
0: that's a really hard question considering the amount of films that i've seen
2: um or lauren
1: sp- have you got one i mean let's take an alien aside is there a film while while Stu's of Naponda?
2: um there's a couple of fine people. footage films that I like that I know people are just fucking sick of. I'm quite fond of the third rec film, although that is um incredibly in the minority. Um, I also am quite partial to the fine footage film uh, The Devil Inside. Or is it? No, is it Devil uh,
0: Inside? Oh, I hated that movie.
2: <laughs> I know you did. I know. But I there's something about it that I really like. I mean, as I said before, I do love films focused around exorcism. Um, Verite right is another one that, you know, a lot of people absolutely despised. And I, you know, I had fun watching it. And um, I just, I don't know. I mean, different strokes for different folks, I guess, is all I can say. Probably. But I'll be damned if I'm going to sit here and take abuse from people on Twitter at the other end of some other computer screen telling me, oh, you're stupid for liking that. Fuck off. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, it's happened so much lately. It's just really getting on my toes.
1: And there you go, Chris. That is a belated birthday present for you from a fantastic Lauren, another rant to the collection. So that was wonderful.
0: I honestly (laughs) can't think of a film at the moment that I that I that I like that a lot of people hate. I can't. if I do think of one, I will just know, but I can't think of one at the moment.
2: Do because I'm fantastic.
1: So any other horror news that's
0: popped up, guys? Um I've got a few bits and bobs.
2: Yeah,
0: go for it. Um, I just want to quickly mention the debacle, the, the just travesty that's happening in the Ghostbusters universe. The fact <laughs> that they want to make it a universe. The fact that Paul Feig is still fucking directing the film. That's <laughs> my problem with it. The fact that Paul Feig is directing it. I don't have a problem with the fact that. Well, I do now have a problem with the fact. That what, There's going to be one film That's going to be all female Ghostbusters There's going to be another film Where it's going to be all male Ghostbusters Grow a pair of fucking balls And bring them both together Male and female should act on the same screen Not separately yeah. Don't segregate them You're a prick yeah. for doing that, And um, yeah. I have the problem with Fig. I can't stand him I don't think that he's a good director at all I don't think he's a funny director Bridesmaids, I think, is one of the most overrated comedies ever created It's not funny It's two hours of boredom it's just body women going, look, we can do exactly the same jokes as men did 10 years ago. What's so funny about that? It's, I agree
2: with you very, yeah.
0: It's, it's ridiculous. So I have a problem with Paul Fig, and now I'm having a problem with the fact that Sony has come up with the idea of making up multi-universes and having, like I said, segregating them off. There's going to be a male one there with Channing Tatum in it, which oh. is... Again, I'm not bothered about the casting, even though if you look at the casting of the female one, I, Melissa McCarthy, I can't stand her also, but I'm not bothered about the casting. It's the fact that, one, they're segregating it off, and two, they've got Fig the Prick to direct them or get involved with them. It's just ridiculous. So the Ghostbusters unit, well well done for pissing on childhood memories. Well yeah. done. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it seems like a lot of pussy fitting the bike you know it was one thing to do in all female uh, Ghostbusters which you know wasn't just pulled out of the air like a lot of people say as you said you know it does come from something to do I don't pretend to know what it is it's comics or something isn't it
0: yeah uh, there's, there was there's a thing an all
2: female comics
0: yeah there is yeah do. Like, that's not a problem.
2: That wasn't a problem. But you're really... You're being such a pussy by going and doing another one all-meal. Just fucking make up your mind. You're going to stick with this or you're going to do that. It's like... I, I know this isn't horror related, but another thing, here you go, uh happy birthday again. Another thing that's been pissing me off is Kevin Smith Smith as a place. Because he can't make up his fucking mind what he's doing. He's doing another rats film, he's doing another Clerks film. Just fucking stick to one already and make up your fucking mind. You know To be
1: f- to be fair, Clerk's three has been on the case for a while.
2: I know and he was and he just but the,
1: he's been waiting around list. so long for the financing on it. Yeah, that's I- why
0: he went off and did Tusk. But isn't this the director who's turned around also and says that he's no longer going to to do movies?
2: Exactly. Yes. You know, it's, yes. He's retiring.
0: Understand.
2: Pick <laughs> a path and fucking stick to it. Have a little integrity, a little self-respect, and see a project through to the end before you start adding on more and more. You know, I mean, I respect the man because he's clearly he's a hard worker. You know, I watched Dogma recently for the first time. Uh, easily one of my favorite Kevin Smith films. A lot of respect for the guy. You know, a lot of people hate him and he just pushes on. I appreciate that in a person. He works very hard with his podcast and all the rest of it. But fucking pick a path and stick to it because you're just pissing off every single person on my Twitter feed. And I'm sick of it.
1: Happy birthday to Chris! Well, that, that
0: that's Ghostbusters out the way with um, <laughs> Ghostbusters by way of Mole Rats. Yeah, pretty, that has never been done before. Pretty much. So it's another subject. That that's a subject that langer the crap out of me. Got the Ghostbusters stuff, but um, a few bits and bobs that I've got is sources close to Fox as uh, seeing that they're ready to greenlight a brand new series of the X Files.
3: Oh, yeah, I read
0: that. Yeah a bit too late, in my opinion. I would love to see it. I was a huge fan of the X-Files. I think it's a bit too late now to, to bring it back. Yeah.
1: They're supposed to be doing it as like an event series, aren't they? Which
0: usually means, yeah. what, eight to ten episodes? Like Twin Peaks, Return of Twin Peaks, yes. where there was rumoured earlier on last week that um, it wasn't going to happen. And then Lynch came out and said, yes, it definitely is happen- happening. Ignore the stories that say it isn't. Oh.
1: So it is, it is that including the stories with him saying it may not happen?
0: Yeah, it is actually <laughs> okay. happening. It is getting done. But the, I could see why pe- people want a brand new um, X-Files because it needs to sort of like round out the way the ending left it off because the ending was just too ambiguous. It was a bit cop out, to be honest, very much like the ending to Lost. Yeah, the end and the lost was fucking awful. But uh, yeah, but uh, to be honest, I'm a huge X Files fan. I was an a- a absolute huge X Files fan when it was when it was on TV. I don't want to see it back. I would, I, I, I don't want to
2: because there, to a certain extent there's a level of nostalgia that comes with it because it was so long ago from the finale. Um, yeah. I mean, me personally, I like I was an X-Files fan. I remember curling up and watching it in bed with my mum, being shit scared of the opening, you know, like and that's the memory I have of it and absolutely loving it and having so many nightmares from it, but again, loving it. Um, but for me, I kind of compare it to Buffy the Vampire's there. As you both know, I'm a huge, huge fan of Buffy the Vampire's there. The way the TV show ended, I hated. I mean, yes, it makes me cry every time, and it's sweet, and you know, it, it you know it freezes on Buffy's smile, and then that's it. Um, oh, spoiler from years ago, if you haven't seen how Buffy ends, by the way, sorry about that. But um, for me, I felt like that was a cop out. Every time I watch it, I'm left a little bit pissed off. But then the universe continues to this day. It continues in comic form. Uh, Sarah Michelle Geller and James Marsters and all the rest of it, even Joss Whedon, they have talked about bringing Buffy back. To me, that's just a huge no go. I really, really dislike the idea of bringing it back.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that as well. Because I was a big Buffy fan, big, big Buffy fan as well. And I think in the comic books, you can do, you can, you can expand the universe much better in a comic book form. I, I think it's the best place for Buffy the Vampire Slayer to live in comic book form rather than it coming back in tv series they should they did that with the x-files as well the x-files was turned into a comic book um i think it it might be probably the best place also to fully round it off as well in comic book form so no x-files please don't bring it back but unfortunately how about how about a telltale game can we have one of those for x-files yeah maybe
2: awesome that would be so good
0: But they've got too many games going as it is anyway, Tales from the Borderlands, Game of Thrones, Season 3 of The Walking Dead. There's got to be another um, little mini Walking Dead sandwiched in between 2 and 3, like they did with yeah. Sandwiched in between 1 and 2. So they've got that as well. They've got a Jurassic Park one coming as well. So, they've got busy. Yeah, they've got too much to do, and considering the size of the company that they are, that yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I don't think they've got enough time to actually do everything.
1: Um, and a, and a, a big fuck you to The Walking Dead, but we'll get more more on that later on when we get into what I've watched.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Other news, because I've just mentioned there, um, video game-wise, Hideo Kojima has announced that his company, Kojima Productions, is leaving Konami. And the first thing that people went to um, on that was what's going to happen to, happen to Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. Me, I couldn't give a monkey's butthole, but um, the game is actually still coming out and he's still concentrating on it. What I care about is what the hell is happening to Silent Hills. Yes. Because Kojima Productions was doing Silent Hills alongside Guglielma del Toro, Norman Reedus and uh, Junji Ito. And now it's unknown what's going to be happening with Silent Hill. So I wrote up a new story for following the Nerd.com. It's another site that I have dealings with. Um, and the only way this series or the, this this game can probably be finished is if Kojima Productions buys the rights to Silent Hill from Konami. Now, Konami has been pissing all their franchises up the wall really badly over the last few years. They're, they've sort of like done a Sega Sega has killed themselves. Now they're just releasing games on PC and mobile. Uh, Konami, they've got, I would say, two years left. Unless they take the finger out of their arse, they'll not actually survive over the next couple of years. I think Metal Gear Solid: The Phantom Pain will do brilliantly for themselves, but they can't survive just on one franchise. And that's the way they're looking at it. They're putting all eggs into the Metal Gear Solid basket. And from what the sort of like the reaction they got to PT, which was the playable teaser. And then turned out to be Silent Hills. The reaction they got from that when they released it was humongous. The need to concentrate on this as well. And the need to make some kind of deal with Kojima Productions. Whether to say to them, you know what? Because the fact that you're leaving, he's a leaving present. Take this with you. Finish it off. And we'll still publish it. And then after that, we can properly go our ways. Unless they're going to do that the the game itself is going to be in limbo and that's going to piss the hell out of me yeah it's just really bad that yeah it would be awful and, and the only other piece of news that well two pieces of news that I've got is uh, Angela Bettis um she's joined the cast of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre prequel she's going to play the mother in it so that, yeah, that isn't I, some isn't some kid out of
1: EastEnders playing um the young Leatherface as well as Sam Strike yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. I, i'm sort of like happy to say that because i like angela Bettis. so i think she, she she's a really good actress she was in uh, me which i loved me it's a really creepy little film but i loved that i also liked her in the remake of toolbox murders i hated Scar 3d that film is really bad but she was also in the woman as well so she's what did at- she play in the woman because
1: annette and i were chatting
0: about that we like pla- i think she, she played, played- the, mother. She the mother
1: yeah she played right, the mother.
0: Yeah. But uh, I I think she's a really good actress, so I think she'll bring sort of like she's got a very unique look to her, and I think she's really good for that kind of role. And the only other piece of news is some of the strangest casting I've seen in a very long time. It's uh, for a film called The Bad Batch, which is an upcoming cannibal post apocalyptic film. Now, the lead role is going to go to Keanu Reeves, but starring alongside him is Jim Carrey. What? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Jim Carrey and Keanu Reeves in a post-apocalyptic cannibal film. Huh. And I'll just leave it there. Let that sink in.
1: <laughs> I, I can kind of imagine Jim Carrey playing a post-apocalyptic cannibal, actually, if you'd think of his face.
0: Uh, you, so uh, The only yeah. thing that crops into my mind with Jim Carrey and the word cannibal is Max Stone and Trier Parker's Cannibal in the Musical. Because I can just see him with a, an arm or something, he, uh, uh, him eating an arm and just dancing along the street using it as like a cane or something. You're bursting out into a musical number. <laughs> oh, that may happen. <laughs> I know they it, We'll see what happens with it. But yeah, nice bit of casting there, Keanu Reeves and Jim Carrey in a cannibal Holocaust film. Oh. That Those is weird. Film. As long
1: as nobody kills Keanu's dog, that's all you got to worry about.
0: So,
1: there you go. Yeah. So, Lauren, what have you been watching? Anything exciting? Any TV?
2: Just one more bit of, new- one more bit of news before we um, dismiss this. Um, American Horror Story Hotel will see Lady Gaga and the loss of Jessica Lange.
1: Yes. What's your thoughts on that, Lauren?
2: <laughs> I actually, well, I'm sad that Jessica Lange is leaving, obviously. Uh, I like that it's a hotel, um, I'm quite a you know I'm quite a big fan. I know Stay here loves the innkeepers and all the rest of it. Yep. Um, you know I think that it could be quite creepy. There will be a lot of sex. Um, I would imagine a lot of raunchy, uh, dirty weekends and such. Um, I hope it, it's as dark as Asylum was for me. Asylum still on top, followed by. Freak Show, and then Coven, because I, I, Murder House I just absolutely despised. Um, but I think Lady Gaga could do would fit in really well. I mean, she's gorgeous, she's talented. Uh, hopefully she'll sing. <laughs> Preferly, preferably not disco stick or, you know, poker face or anything like that. But, uh, you know, the sort of numbers that they had Lange doing in uh, Freak Show, I think, would be quite cool.
0: Well, you've got Ryan Murphy. So Ryan Murphy, exactly. he's, he's, yeah. he, I we don't know what he's going to do with Lady Gaga, but we'll see. She's going to wear yeah, a meat uh, dress. Yeah, uh, acting uh, acting hasn't been that good in the films that she has been in. So
2: I'm not familiar with her in anything. What is she actually in?
0: She's in Machete Kills.
2: Oh, I, I never watched. Didn't bother with. Yeah, I
1: she's Machete she's barely that. in that though.
0: Yeah, I was uh, I was the only person in the screening of that film when I went to see it at the cinema. <laughs> uh, the entire sc- I could t- definitely tell why because that movie is awful. But she- she's in that she's okay. She- yeah. She's not distracting at, at all, so she- she's okay in Machete Kills.
1: Wasn't she also in like Planet Terror or something like that? I'm no. sure she's been in something else. She that hasn't Rodriguez been in Planet because ter- she wasn't around when Planet Terror came out. Is she not?
2: No, oh, she wasn't, she was, that's right. She was
1: busy preparing to be a singer. I'm sure she's been in something else that Rodriguez has done now. I might be wrong. Somebody's having a look. <laughs> I can hear the typing. Me, that would be me. <laughs> yes. So let's see if she has been in anything else. But don't forget, I mean, the things that she does on stage, that's also kind of acting. Because she's a, she's a character sometimes. But
2: Yeah, she's done very well at building up her own character. And, you know, you have to commend her for lack of that, even if you're not a particular fan um, or all the rest of it. You know, she, she came from this, you know, ditzy Barbie type, um, you know, whenever she brought out Just Dance, I believe that was her first song and then Poker Face. Um, from there, once she got the fame, she was smart enough to kind of come into the character that she wanted to create and go down that dark, mysterious um, sort of like Marlon Manson esque meets meets pop sort of road. So I, yeah. I commend her. I have I have quite a lot of respect for her.
0: She was in um, one episode of The Sopranos. Surprisingly, wow. she played girl at swimming pool number two. So that was a big. Oh idea yeah, her. I remember her well. No. She was yeah. in Men in Black, but she, Men in Black three, but she was uncredited. She was an alien on the TV monitors. Which perfectly suits her she was in City, Sin City Damn to Kill for, which I actually remember that and uh, she's funny. only going to be in five episodes of American Horror Story uh, episode 8 10 11 12 and 13 according to IMDB yeah. well, at
1: least it's not like 1 to 5 because then it'll be like spoilers yeah so we shall see as we do with Neil blonkamp let's just wait and see how well Lady Gaga does so on the subject yep. of hotels, though, I was in London a couple of weeks back uh, filming my scenes for the horror film Bad Moon Rising and Annette and I stayed in a hotel and the room next door, judging by the sounds, they were renting that room out by the hour because there was lots of different men grunting and yet the same woman grunted next door. So lots of weird things do go on in hotels so I'm looking forward to American Horror Story five.
2: Absolutely. There you go. And then the thing about hotels as well, with the amount that goes on in them, I mean, the building, much like in Murder House. Um, to be fair, it's you know, it's a character of itself. The building, you know, what I mean, even looking at Rose Red, I was um talking about it earlier. Um, not with you guys, it, it popped into conversation earlier anyway. Um, it, you know, a building can be its own character, and I think that that would be an interesting road to go down with hotel. Yeah, it could,
1: and also it you've could got do. the scope for lots of characters to come in and out, so as they do in hotels. So yeah,
2: exactly, yeah.
0: yeah. But it, it hasn't all been roses, wasn't that uh, a program called Park Avenue Six 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 or something like that? Anyway, <laughs> yeah. that, that only lasts one season. So we'll, we'll see. But the, that's the unique thing about American Horror Story. It only needs to last one season, each, yeah. each bit. So. Uh, that's where it gets the uniqueness from. So at least he doesn't try to drag it out into multiple different se- multiple seasons, set in the same universe.
1: Yeah, although he is tying them all up, though, isn't he? Apparently, in season five, season five will bring things in that prove that all the other seasons of American Horror Story are within the same universe. How the hell he's going to do that, I have no idea. But there's stories out there about that.
0: Well, he has been. He has been doing that with each season of American Horror Story. If you watch it, you get little elements bleeding from each one of the series just melding together. So he, he has done that and you can tell that he's got a proper plan.
1: Unlike yeah,
2: Lost, which wasn't Ryan Murphy, but had no We shall see.
1: Yes. So Lauren, have you watched anything exciting or not exciting?
2: finally just for you two guys watched babadook oh goody so i can weigh in finally and tell you what i thought now let me set up a little uh you know pretext here i was in work all day you know and uh, for those of you listening who don't know i work in like a a small town casino type place. I, I believe the right term is a groupier or something. Hopefully that doesn't mean prostitute in the number oh, nine. No,
0: groupier means somebody croupier. who stands behind yeah. the desk with dice and things like that. Yeah.
2: Right. No, that's not what I do. Ignore that. Someone told me I, I was a groupier and I thought, I've never heard that word before. It sounds better than the way I describe it, which is a glorified waitress. who hands out money. So, uh, yeah. I w- anyway, I I digress as I usually do. So I come home from a long work day, and I think, "Huh, I'm finally going to watch The Babadook. This is supposed to be very good." Um, I'll I'm start- not going to enjoy this, am I? <laughs> I certainly have a strong opinion on this film. I'm sure. So I sat down. With I'm going a to go
0: of- get a glass of water.
2: <laughs> I sat down with a little glass of cider, ready to enjoy a wonderful film. Now, yeah. as I have been the subject of many a laugh on this podcast. Um, in the way and manner I express never wanting a normal, so so to speak, life in that I do not want kids, I do not want to get married, I do not want a normal basic life in any way, shape or form or, you know, definition of the term normal. I do not particularly love kids. So uh, having known very little about The Babadook on purpose because I wanted it to be kind of all fresh in my head whenever I first watch it, I came into it after a very long stressful work day to a screaming fucking child the whole way through (laughs) that film and my god, I was so tempted to turn it off because the child irritated the life out of me. Now, don't think me heartless. I know that the kid had problems. I know that the mother had problems, but I had problems too. I had a really long day at work and I came <laughs> home to a screaming child, but I did not push out of my vagina. So as you can imagine, I was a little bit pissed off and it was very hard for me to watch and enjoy. Um I actually I think I turned it down. Like I just sat with the remote and turned it down every time that child screamed. Um but having said that, I will be re watching it whenever I maybe am feeling a little bit, you know, i Don't know, have a certain level or tolerance for children. Maybe one day I'll yeah. wake up and I'll be like, Oh, I like kids today, I'm gonna watch the Babadook, and that'll refresh my memory of how much I fucking hate children.
1: I watched it for the second time a few weeks back, and I made the comment partway through going, I fucking drown that kid if that was in my house, and I got told off going, Come on, he's got problems, and this, that, and the other. So, I, I hundred percent back up your thoughts. The kid annoyed the shit out of me. The film actually is better once you watch it again though.
2: I'm sure it is. It just it was such a shock to me because I knew very little going in. I purposely knew very little because I wanted it to just be kinda you know kinda have to sink into it and just watch it as as it comes. And which, you know, we so rarely get to do these days because of social media and the amount of advertising and work that goes into the film sort of end of things. Um so I don't know. I'm not saying that it wasn't a good film. I'm saying that I watched it in a bad mood and having the attitude that I have towards children and it being a very children-centered piece of film that has a, a kid with problems. You know, I maybe wasn't in the right frame of mind to watch such a film. I think I went to bed rather pissed off with a headache and uh you know kept my legs tightly closed at the thought of ever having kids so yeah yeah, it was interesting
1: so there you go you should be fine with that because she didn't say the film was terrible just that the kid is an annoying little shitbag which is true
2: Mm -hmm. i love the imagery and you know the concept obviously that kind of came of you know this monster growing with the fact that the mother wasn't dealing with her own problems. She couldn't accept or talk about the death of her husband and just dealing with the awful things that have happened to her. And kind of like the Babadook in the sense that, you know, the more you ignore it, the, the bigger it gets. And that's very much true with depression and anxiety. The more you try to push it down and stop it from coming to the center, obviously it just builds and builds. And you do. Just break down, and I think we've all been there. You know, it's no secret that I've had problems with depression. I think Stu's. I think it's a very good representation of that. And in the right frame of mind, I will enjoy it and appreciate its beauty. But it didn't happen, unfortunately. I was not prepared.
1: Whoops. Hmm. What do you think, Stu?
0: Next. Next next film
1: next <laughs> Stu's like next biting piece. his lip here I can almost hear the blood flowing from his mouth <laughs> uh, Lauren have you watched anything else? anything that wasn't quite as upsetting as an annoying little child screaming <sighs> down your holes.
2: I will say this before I move on um, I think you know the kid Uh, I I, I didn't even, I was that pissed off I didn't even watch the credits to be able to know his name or the mother's name or anything about the bloody film but um, I will say, you know, well done to that kid because uh, maybe in real life he is a little brat and he just portrays it really well because it comes natural or maybe the kid actually takes direction well and you know I think, I think he did a good job at acting that kid because, obviously, it was a very troubling story. I'm sure it would have been a lot for the kid to take on, so um, I think his parents should be very proud of him. There you go. That's something nice. Something nice, anyway. Okay, then. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, I'll move on because I think I've really pissed off, Stu. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: My next film um, isn't really a horror, but it's... Um, well, kind of. I don't know. I think yous would argue with me, but it's not, and I wouldn't blame you. Went to the cinema to see The Boy Next Door. Um, It's kind of got that whole, you know, game of cat and mouse, you know, sex with someone you shouldn't have sex with. Very much reminded me of Basic Instinct or Swim Fan or... The Disturbia. Room- or Disturbia, you know, the sort of thing, or even that film with Beyonce, what's it called? Obsessed? Yeah, it's called Obsessed. I love that sort of film. I I have a real thing for this sort of sexy affair that goes on, and it kind of goes to that bunny boiler level extreme, or, you know, just, oh, I don't know, I just, I I really enjoy that sort of like. Um, I watched the trailer because, damn, that film was everywhere. Every single YouTube video I opened had the trailer playing, so it was really hard to get rid of. Then I've talked about my shitty local cinema before. Unfortunately, better do funding to show many decent films. Boy Next Door was playing, went to see it on a Tuesday night whenever the cinema tickets are dirt cheap. And uh, it didn't blow me away. Uh, it was a very basic standard of that sort of film. Um, yeah, it was alright, I wouldn't recommend going to the cinema to see it, but it was okay, had a couple of good bits, but not mind-blowing
0: yeah, I've seen it and I thought it was a bit to be honest, yeah. it, it just yeah. it, it decided to, to the end part was just a bit too much
2: it yeah, just it, it just felt out.
0: like it was pasted on there, just had a little bit of yeah. a controversial moment to it
2: Yeah, and it's like, shit, how are we going to end it? Like, the very last scene, spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen it, though I doubt anyone listening to this podcast is that bothered. I'm going to go ahead and assume that. Um, The paramedic is telling uh, Jennifer Lopez's character that her husband is going to be a okay I promise you he's going to be fine whenever he's lying there. I think he has, like, a fucking bullet wound. He's been, like uh subjected of its torture and beating and she's just like don't worry your husband's gonna be fine ma'am honestly he's gonna be fine no you can't end a film like that whenever the dude's lying there with like a gunshot wound fucking passed out in the back of an ambulance i really doubt that american paramedics are that fucking stupid to promise uh you know (laughs) a very distressed woman that her husband is going to be fine i think that's a lawsuit you know i just i've never known that to be the case and i thought it was just ridiculous how they ended it yeah agreed like it's just oh fucking stupid <laughs> <laughs> and what
0: and if, anything else
2: um those are the two main ones i rewatched insidious chapter two um, be there. For the other day, for the second time I had only went to see it in cinema and uh, I wasn't, I loved the first Insidious, despite Darth Maul I know everyone brings that up so I'm just jumping in before any of you two say it um, Darth Maul included, absolutely love Insidious 1, very excited for the third chapter, recently saw the trailer for it Um, super duper excited. Second one I think is quite a big letdown, it just kind of felt like filler to me, you know it just, it did have its moments and the score and just the sound effects that they use is Absolutely brilliant. I just, I, I, Insidious is one of those films. I know that there's obviously countless wonderful horror films out there, but the score really makes it. But for Insidious, it is all about the score for me. And it just, even whenever I'm not watching it, like there were points I went over to the kitchen to like make coffee or whatever. And just the, the noises that, you know, that occurred throughout it just had me kind of jumping to myself. You know, I just, I think the score of that film is absolutely brilliant. Um, but apart from that, with the second chapter, I'm just no. For me it's a big no.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I'm liking the way Lee Winnell is tackling the, the third film because it seems to be going back to the stylistic look of the first film. So yeah. as the trailer is up on my website, I put it up practically as soon as it got released and I'm actually do like I do like the look of it.
2: Yeah. Not to go under a rant again, but people I know have been giving off about it being Leo and L and um James Wan not in the director's chair and just fuck off. The fella has a lot of good material under his belt. Why do we have to condemn him before he even oh He's a good I, writer.
0: Lee he's Vanell. very
2: good he's a very talented man. He knows what he's doing.
0: People have to realise he wrote the first Saw film. Yeah. Along with James one and that that the the first Saw film yeah it was the kickoff of the torture porn genre which I hate that name I hate um, so
2: cool. and to me Saw isn't even torture porn it's it, just it,
0: it's, I, it's not yeah. no, it, it's just a good thriller it, it's brilliantly well written
2: yeah
0: so he's a really he didn't tackle the rest of the Saw films but he's a really good, good writer and then he's been he's worked along with james Wan, so james Wan has sort of like kept him under his tutelage on how to direct the film and so out of anybody in horror at the moment he's probably one of the better people to to follow their lead
2: absolutely definitely yeah if i think a lot noticed. of people
1: forget how damn good the first saw is so anybody yeah. who's like oh saw films absolutely. rewatch the first one again
2: yeah, if you haven't noticed, I've been inundated with a lot of negative film people lately. That's why I'm just I'm I'm coming across a bit pissed off every time I say, oh, and another thing, these people are condemning poor Winell before he even starts. And oh, I've just I've had a lot of negative encounters lately of people thinking that they're better for having this opinion rather than that opinion. And oh, it's just that's the sort of thing I really dislike about this industry. Everyone has an opinion, but uh, the skill they're lacking is respecting other people's opinions
1: well that's the thing i mean people tend to jump on one bandwagon now they go oh for god's sake he's just doing exactly the same thing as whatever or she's doing exactly the same as whatever or oh my god that's nothing like the first one what the hell are they doing to this franchise type thing so whatever somebody decides to do you're gonna get a big bunch of mouthy bloody idiots coming out going oh you suck why are you making that film
2: yeah And and unfortunately, it's a lot of intelligent people with valid opinions that I've encountered lately. People whose opinions I do respect, but that respect is clearly not going two ways. You know, there's none coming back on me for being positive about a concept while they're being negative. And I just, I really dislike that. Oh, it's just, it's been driving me so mad lately. But anyway, I'm done. Go on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday, Chris. Yes. (laughs)
2: Yes. <laughs> that's what I'm
1: going to call this episode a card, a birthday card to Chris Yeah.
3: so
1: there you go <laughs> so yeah Stu, have you watched, what have you been watching? too much have you to been be en- honest have you been enjoying it?
0: <laughs> too much to be honest to be honest I think you might actually should go first before me because the final film that I'm going to mention is going to lead perfectly into the quick little talking point that we're going to have a quick chat about so I think you should oh. go before me
1: I'm liking Ooh. seamless segues. Let's go for that then. Yeah. Well, I watched, which comes out on the 23rd of March from Arrow Video, and it's not a horror film. It does segue into one. I watched the 1975 Rollerball, which has just come out in a really, really good uh, Blu-ray from Arrow, and that got me in the mood to watch Scanners by David Cronenberg from 1981. Nothing. There's no Rollerball in that, but it just feels very, very similar. It's a very, very bleak, futuristic film, made an hour past and i loved watching scanners again so i'm a huge fan it is probably more, one of my favorite david cronenberg films up there with the dead zone but uh scanners written and directed by david cronenberg starring one of my all-time favorite actors michael ironside uh, the only sort of thing that let it down was i always remember the big scanner battle at the end being this huge massive set piece it's three minutes so I'm like, eh? Oh. I remember that being a lot longer when I watched it as a kid. But it wasn't cut, it just seemed longer when I watched it. Um, I have been watching some episodes of the TV show, which sadly isn't around anymore, Masters of Horror. don't know whether you guys I have I love
0: that. I loved that. Masters
1: of Horror. I've just been watching random episodes. You I'm have them to
0: because it, with it being a portmanteau kind of thing, nothing actually feels it's got in common with any of the other episodes. Because they're by different mm-hmm. directors and so... Yeah, I, I, there are some really bad ones in there, but there are some really, really good ones. Some, of them, I mean,
1: one of the things I really love about watching Masters of Horror is just to see who directed it. Because anybody who's not familiar with the series, it's usually a pretty big horror name that's written, that's directed some of these episodes. So the ones I watched, I watched one called Pick Me Up, which directed by Larry Cohen. Uh, it's got Feruza Balk in it, it who's amazing. First, I remember seeing her in the craft. And this is the one that seems to be like two serial killers battling each other. There's an older That's guy. That's the one in, in the, the truck, truck, isn't it? That's yeah. the one in the truck. And then there's a younger guy who's wearing like a cowboy hat uh, yeah. with them two battling. It was really, really good. That was interesting. I watched a bit of a shitty one. Unfortunately, it was directed by Dario Argento, who I do like. That yeah. was called Jennifer. This is not that good, yeah, I remember that. It wasn't good, for, for considering it's like, oh my God, it's Dario Argento, this is going to be amazing. It was kind of weird and a bit, not very good. Um, one of my favourite ones is called Dear Woman, directed by John Landis. Yep, I remember who that one. did uh, American Werewolf. And I was as giddy as a geek when at some point one of the cops in the show says, no, creatures can attack people because in 1981 in London, there were a series of attacks that turned out it was done by an animal who was then trapped in a subway station. I'm like, that's an American Werewolf reference. So I was very, very geeky at that one. And I also watched one called The Fair-Haired Child, which was directed by a guy called William Malone, who did the remake of House on Haunted Hill. And this has got Laurie Petty in it. Time has not been good to Laurie Petty. She looked very, very different in Boy Break than she did in this thing. And this is a a couple who are into sort of witchcraft, and they're abducting young girls so they can sacrifice her to bring back their son from the dead. Very, very weird. But I am loving doing these random episodes of Masters of Horror. I have got the full two seasons, so I'm going to be like updating that over the next uh, next few. I've seen Cigarette Burns with John Carpenter. I watched that yep. one actually hit DVD many, many years ago because they used to release them on their own, didn't they?
0: Yeah, that, that one's Somebody. okay. I, I recommend um, Lucky McKee's Sick Girl. That's a good one because you like Lucky oh, nice. McKee, so I recommend his. I also recommend um, Imprint as well. That was, that was the one that was banned. It wasn't shown on TV and it could only be released on um, DVD. I highly recommend that one. It's very nasty. But there's nice. um, Clive Barker's one as well, Heckler's Teal. That's also a really, really good one to watch as well. So there, there is some really good episodes of uh, of um, Masters of Horror, and if people have not seen them, it, it, that's the best thing about it also. You can pick and choose it, so you could sort of like create your own night, your own Masters of Horror marathon, by picking and choosing a few episodes and then watching them. Also from season two, I think season two is the weakest one, but we all scream for ice cream. That's a, It a sort of like reminded me of it
1: nice so I'm also enjoying sitting down watching them with Annette because when the credits comes up and it's just like Dario Argento or Larry Cohen or whatever she'll say what else has he done and then I give her a little bit of a bio on whatever the person's done she's like let's watch it so she's getting all excited watching Masters of Horror episodes as well so it is very good right. I watched uh, The Walking Dead uh, fuck that series I fell out with it now I've been pondering whether to just give up on it for a little while and there was a scene i think it was episode 13 so it's a couple of weeks old and it's not a massive spoiler that i'm gonna give but you know never mind there is a scene in a clearing where daryl finds a horse and it's a really really nice scene and it makes you realize the world isn't screwed there is a little bit of hope because you know what This really really nice looking horse is still alive and it's managing to survive the apocalypse and it's cool. And I thought oh, that was a really nice, nice plinky plink music over it. I thought I'm happy now. This is, this is, I'm actually enjoying this episode. Later on in the episode, you see the horse again being ripped to bits by a bunch of fucking zombies, and I thought this is not what I want to be entertained with. No, I'm done. When- you know, it's not. All- there's no need to yeah. see that. And I get it. People are going, yeah, but that's because nothing's safe in the world, and blah 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 blah. But I thought I am not being entertained when there's so many really good TV shows and films out there by zombies ripping a horse to bits. I'm done. And I press stop and I have not resumed The Walking Dead. And nor do see, I plan on doing.
0: See that that's the thing. Despite a world, if it, it can be as bleak as possible, but you've always gotta have that little rear of of hope, a uh, little rear of light in it. You you need um something in there to to make it slightly more happy instead of it just being completely bleak all the bloody time look yep. at that, yep. look at the road the road, that is a really <laughs> depressing film, yet look at the scene where they find the bunker with all the food in it yep. you've got that lovely bright moment inside the movie which lifts your spirits a little bit and you, oh the horse, is lovely it's found something like that, and then they get ripped apart, you fuckers
3: yeah, yep.
1: so and I fantastic. did I, I, I stood up Got the remote control, pressed stop, and that was it. I thought I'm done. So I am officially done with The Walking Dead. So I can now watch right. something I else. i could probably move reason. on to Penny Dreadful or something, I think.
2: Hey. Yes, watch Penny Dreadful. Please or- do. Jesus. I will. I will. Yeah.
1: Yep. <laughs> well, we need to make Warren, a deal. Are you, are you up? To- yep. Go on, watch no. the deal, Steve?
2: I... I- it's not that I've given up on The Walking Dead. It's that whenever it, it returned from its break, I found out that, well, spoiler here, cover your ears, people here as behind as me. I heard that Tyrese dies, is killed off. And it's not even that I'm particularly fond of Tyrese. It's just I was fucking sick of all the spoilers that were coming up, not even from just The Walking Dead page, but on my Twitter, on my Facebook, Tumblr, all the rest of it. And I kind of just lost interest. And then a couple of episodes later... I found out that Rick shaved his beard and I was like, what? Why? And then I saw the horse and I heard about the horse and I just, I haven't had any inclination to watch it so far.
1: No. Yeah. I mean, for me, there's like, there was one episode before that and the highlight of that episode was, it rained. And I'm thinking, what the fuck? Why am I watching a show when the highlight, and the main set piece is, it's raining? For God's sake, what am I doing? But I carried on and then got to the next episode and then the horse scene and I'm like, screw this, I'm out of here. Yeah, but uh, okay. yes, Rick did shave his beard. Massive spoiler.
0: We we need to make a deal. And um, if you watch the the entirety of Penny Dreadful, which you do need to watch it, I promise,
1: oh, it's, yeah, I've got I've got it in the other room. It's just purely down to time. I promise scheduling. to watch, watch the it.
0: entirety of the second season of Hannibal because I've yet to I've only seen the first episode what? of season two. I've not watched <laughs> the whole of it. I promise I will watch every single episode before the next show. If you promise to watch the entirety of Penny Dreadful. That's I shall give it a go because it's all like eight episodes of something, isn't it? Yeah. Dreadful. yeah,
2: Jesus, I don't even have the time to watch eight episodes of something. <laughs> Not,
0: neither do I, but I'll try and find my best to try and find somewhere in there. I, I do a very rarely game anymore or, or anything like that, and so I will try my best to, to watch the entirety of Hannibal, even yeah. if it's sneakily watching an episode of work.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, deal.
0: Wish
3: I shall I'd do that. Because I. Do, I
0: i
1: do have penny dreadful and uh, i can now move on to that so once that walking dead is out of the way so there we go um and that's pretty much it that's all i've watched because i've been busy watching a lot of other stuff like teenage mutant ninja turtles the remake which i quite enjoyed uh, i've been busy doing podcasts and catching up and watching tv shows um but not horror related ones unfortunately so
0: that is all i have watched and it was on, me okay. to the rescue. I have got 12 oh. films written down.
2: Jeez. Wow. Yep.
0: Lovely. Um, I'll start off with It Followers, because I watched that film just not long after we finished the, the last show. So it was a film that I was eagerly waiting for, if you remember, back in the, the last podcast. Um, it slightly disappointed me a little bit. It's got a feeling of a 1970s, 1980s uh, John Carpenter, sort of like Friday the 13th style slasher movie. The soundtrack is superb it really sort of like brings you back to those kind of times and the way the film is shot is brilliant. It just falters a little bit here and there. The it part is, is very interesting to look at because it plays on people's fears. That something that you don't know what it looks like. It's very much like the thing in the, in the fact that you don't know what form it's going to take. So I like that element of it, but it, there's a few little bits and bobs which is a bit pointless of the film. Um, Clown, the film that is uh, produced by Eli Roth, and he yep. stars in it. He's got a tiny little scene in the film. He, he plays a demonic clown in the movie and he's in it for about 10 seconds. But the uh, um, the film was about a guy who decides to dress up as a clown for his son's birthday. Unfortunately, what he's got is a, as a clown suit that is possessed by a demon. <laughs> it's actually not bad. There is a lot of nasty gore scenes in it, but it's not bad. I was expecting this film to be awful. And I, I actually quite enjoyed it. Because some of the gore is, is pretty extreme towards kids. So this is the perfect movie for Lauren where you see kids hey. killed. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there are some nasty, gory scenes. In it, and it's not bad. Um, Chappie, which mentioned Neil Blomkamp's movie, Dark Circles, so or what it's known as over here, is Nightmare. Um it's another one of those couple movies where they have a, a child that decide to move out to the middle of the countryside, to the house, is go- something's wrong with it, and they have to try and figure out what it is and survive. And then it has a little twist to it, which changes. It was sort of like Undo does everything that's happened in the previous 80 minutes and decides to go, oh, we're not going down with the ghost kind of bump in the night fail we'll go down with something else. And it, 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 I think I wish they would have actually gone down that route in the last 10 minutes than they did in the first 80 minutes.
1: Now, was this the one? Because I watched this quite a while back. Because it was uh, it's a High Flyers one, and they sent me a review disc on that one. Is this the one where you could actually watch it like a mental breakdown film?
0: Yeah, it is. Oh,
1: it's yeah, a mental breakdown the, film. Yeah.
0: It's it's um, it was released under the After Dark After Dark label in uh, yeah. in America, but it's known as Dark Circles. It was it's known as Dark Circles of here. It was it's known as Nightmare also, but it was released a couple of weeks ago. Um, Story Eyes which um I messaged Eric England about this because there was a conversation that he was having with somebody on Facebook where Eric England did the fantastic contracted and it's very similar to that it's about a woman who's trying to make a big in a, um in Hollywood and she ends up getting this film role at this very suspicious movie company that's just decided to come back and make films again and she discovers that something's happening to her body she's changing and I think Contracted Handle did better with the character because the character wasn't as annoying. You actually followed her plight. You felt sorry for her, what was going on with her body. Whereas within uh, Starry Eyes, she was just putting it on herself. So every single time that she wasn't getting a role in a film, she was throwing a hissy fit. It was like a child in the supermarket throwing cereal all over the place.
1: So like, like Sean I, Young I've... when she didn't get Catwoman?
0: Yeah, pretty much. I, felt, I, I just felt like a character was really annoying. And I like the character more so in Contracted, so I messaged Eric England about that. Um, Dark Summer, which is a bit of a crappy film. Um, I think Voices. I
1: started watching that one and gave up, actually, on Dark Summer because I just couldn't... What was the premise of that one? Just it's so Peter Stormare remember.
0: who who plays a parole officer guy who needs to look at this this other lad who supposedly committed a crime. This girl committed suicide, yet yeah, he's involved in it. And so he oh, yeah, he's yeah. under house arrest. And all of a sudden, strange things start to happen. It, it's okay. I got I got bored with that about halfway through. Uh, voices, Ryan like, Reynolds' film. Yeah. Um, voices, it's the Ryan Reynolds' film.
3: Yeah. Where
0: he does the voice of the cat, the dog, a bunny rabbit, a deer. Uh, multiple different things in the film. It's strange. It is weird, that film. But I liked it. I haven't seen Ryan Reynolds do something decent for a while, but I liked Voices. It's If you... If you're into your kooky, weird, over the top Gaga blah, blah 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 kind of movies, the, the kind of film that that uh, that is brilliant for an insane asylum, then you'll love this kind of film, this film, because it is really weird but enjoyable. Um, the film that I'm going to do last, because it leads into the topic, uh, I saw The Atticus Institute, which I thought was a bit crappy. It's a mockumentary kind of thing about a woman who's possessed. I'm reviewing it on my show. It's a bit me. Um, Spring which is a movie that's coming out don't know when but I've managed to see it and it's it's a sort of like, more like a romantic drama with a horror element into it um, it's quite enjoyable it's, the character development in the film is very well handled um, and the, the the dark element of it the horror element of it is, is interesting it's handled very differently to what you would normally expect for this kind of film so I recommend Spring um, I've seen Monsters.Continent Oh, you're lucky beggar. I want to watch that. Yep, I've seen it, and it's not very good at all. Oh. Yeah, unfortunately, damn. yeah, it, it doesn't have much in common with Monsters. Well, uh, what monsters was about two people who was going through um, a territory where these monsters have actually crash-landed, and you see, you see little glimpses of the monsters here and there. With this one, it's very much like a soldier's kind of movie who's gone in to rescue another one of their own kind, and the monster's bits in the background. It, it, it's very good to be honest and the
1: final i mean i i, I want to watch monsters because it's got johnny harris in it and he's awesome well though, whether he's awesome in monsters i don't know yet
0: yeah well, we'll see what you what you think of it but yeah i thought it was <laughs> a, i really liked monsters but monsters continent was a bit of a miss for me and the final film and it, this leads into the topic that we're going to talk about because we've had we have spoken about these kind of films before banned movies movies that have been banned the video nasties Um, I've watched the latest film that has been banned in the UK, which is Hate Crime. Um, Now, Hate Crime is a 71-minute film that was made in 2013. And it centers around a Jewish family which has just moved into this neighborhood. And it actually pretty much starts straight away with with all the nastiness. And um, this family is celebrating the youngest's birthday. And then all of a sudden, these three neo-Nazis break into their house and torture them. I watched through the entirety of the film, and this will annoy the hell out of both of you as well, because for 70 minutes, all it is is just screaming, crying, crying loud noises, just more screaming, even more crying, and then just even more loud noises. You cannot understand what anybody is saying, because all they're interested in is yelling. Um, there's a few scenes where it involves a little bit of incest because they force the son to rape the mother. Um, there's a scene where the, the son gets his eyeball cut out and neo neonati sign put on his face but you don't see the eyeball get, get cut out you just see the the eyeball on the bench and then sort of like a little bit of a bloody mark on his face I can't see why it was banned to be honest I, I know that sounds weird when you, I've just described the scene which involves the son raping the mother but, but I, I honestly sorry that was my phone there I honestly <laughs> can't see why um, the film was banned because it's not extreme. It's when I when I watched The Human Centipede for the first time I the film hasn't gone far enough and yet I watched The Human Centipede Part 2 and I went this film's gone too far. And Hate Crimes is just, it's just 70 minutes of annoyance. It, it, you can't see why it was banned. I can understand some of the subject but if you look at all the movies that have been previously banned, this one is nowhere near as graphic or as over the top as some of the previous movies that have been banned.
1: And I, I mean, For what you've described there, there's scenes there that aren't as harsh as anything in the, the cut version of a Serbian film.
0: Yeah, exactly. That, that came to mind after I finished watching it. I thought, the cut version of a Serbian film is much more graphic than Hate Crime, yet Hate Crime got fully banned without any cuts happening to it. And Serbian film got released after cuts were made to it. So it, yeah. it's just, I, I don't get why it was banned. I do not get why it was banned. Do
1: you think it's the BBFC going, uh, we're going to ban something? Yeah. Or somebody probably heard about the incest rape scene thing and thought, oh, we can't have that, without watching the film. And then next thing you know, it's gone.
0: Yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I, I would ask you to watch it, but you still need to find the film.
1: Um, yeah. so, oh, it's easily findable. I mean, it's uh, it's out on DVD in other countries, and uh, Uncle Dave may be able to supply us with with uh, a, a view of that one. I would have thought.
0: Yeah, the Uncle Dave versions though that are online have got the copy over the top of the film, so you'll have to find a different method of being able to get hold of the film. But yeah, I, I, it it bewilders me on how, how this film was banned.
2: See if I can okay. find it. Yep,
0: yep. But that that's it for the films that I've watched. Yeah. Well that's a
1: that is a pretty impressive list though. I will give you that, definitely. Yeah. Um, now I know you've got a quiz, Stu. Yeah. I've also well no mine's not so much of a quiz. Mine was more of a survey. I decided I think it was last Friday I did it, because I like to do these things called Follow Fridays on Twitter where I recommend lots of film people and stuff like that and basically pimp out a lot of the actors and directors and stuff. And in previous weeks I've I've included their IMDB page Sometimes I include my favourite photograph of them. I thought, you know what, I'm going to try and do a little bit of research for the horror show as well as pimping out these awesome people as well. So I asked each of these people what their favourite horror film was or at least what one of their favourite horror films were. A couple of people, like James Plum, he came back saying, oh, I can't decide between this one or that one. Can I pick two? I went, no, you've (laughs) got to pick one. So every single person, I'm going to read down this list. It is quite a lengthy list. There's probably about 25 names on it, but I'll belt down it as quick as possible. And here are the favourite films of the following people. Brooke Lewis, who she's in your favourite film, Stu, Starship Rising. She's also in a really, really good film, which is coming out called The Morning, which I really, really enjoyed. She picked The Shining. Good choice, I think, on that one. Yeah. Uh, Lorraine Lorraine Stanley, who's in films like Eden Lake and London to Brighton, she also picked The Shining, which was pretty good. Uh, Dougie Brimson, he wrote Green Street, he wrote a film called We Still Kill the Old Way, and he wrote a film called Top Dog. He's primarily an author, but he's also a screenwriter as well. He picked Carry On Screaming. Okay. you guys seen that one? Yep, yeah, I've seen that one.
0: No. I've seen every single Carry On film.
1: Carry On Screaming, do you think he was being sarcastic, or is that actually a I pretty good film? I probably guess so. <laughs> <laughs> He's right.
0: been sarcastic. It's good, but um, like I, I've got every single carry-on film, actually.
1: I do. I'm, I've only watched one of them so far, but I'll get there. Mm. Uh, Richie Edwards, who's in the film Witch, along with me, he picked Aliens. Not so much scary, but he watched it as a kid, so I might lay him off for that one. Okay. Uh, Nurpak Bogal he did some episodes of Misfits and he also did a British film called Sket which is pretty good and brutal he picked a film called The Innocents which I to be honest never heard of it neither have
2: I I've heard nope. of it but I haven't seen
1: it No, he picked that as one of his scariest films ever so I might have to uh, well,
2: we're gonna investigate that it. one oh, yeah.
1: Luke Kidd who's also in Witch with me he picked The Sixth Sense come on Luke watch some tougher uh, some tougher horror films I think <laughs> Uh, Jose Bettencourt he's the guy who actually got me started podcasting many many moons ago he's from a show called the Post Game Report he picked the thing
0: he's got to be talking about the John Carpenter one yeah and not, not the remake. Matthias von Heijingen one. Junior one that's a bit of a mouthful to say his name but it only <laughs> sticks in my head because it is such a weird name to say Matthias von yes. Heijingen Junior you've got to include the now junior
1: I'm going to take this time to say that whenever you you just rattle off names like that, Stu, it impresses the shit out of me. I'm, really, I'm like, I wouldn't even <laughs> remember what that guy's name was. I have hard enough time remembering Michael Bay and David Cronenberg. In the
3: <laughs> uh,
1: Trev Hayward, who is the writer, the director of which he picked a film called Dead of Night, which I think is an older one, Yeah. if I remember rightly enough. James Plum, he who wanted two, he ended up going for John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Interesting choice. Which is all right. Good film with Alice Cooper in there. Danny Thompson, who is in *Bad Moon Rising* and *The Tombs*, she picked *Scream*,
3: mm-hmm.
1: which was also picked by Dominic Burns, who sent me a tweet today. He's the writer-director of a bunch of films. He also he did a film called *Cut* from a few years ago, and he shot all of that in one take, which is uh, it's pretty clever. So he also picked *Scream* because he happened to be sitting watching *Scream* when he saw the tweet come up. So let him off for that <laughs> one. Uh, Adam Spinks, who directed the expedition slash extinction whichever name you call that one he went for one of the films that Stu loves dog soldiers oh
0: yeah
1: i love that movie but it's, it's not scary Angela- oh it's amazing it's good for i well, want to see
2: i scary i mean people have different thresholds different levels of um, what scares them so um
1: you know i still
0: I don't think it as a scary film mm.
2: it's still I a mean, right horror I, film anyway you know yeah
1: I mean, I'd have been okay if somebody had put down Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, to be honest, because as a kid, that could scare the shit out of you. So. Yeah. Um, yes. Angela Holmes, who I filmed some scenes with in Bad Moon Rising, she picked Little Shop of Horrors, which I wouldn't say was a scary film, but it obviously scares mm-hmm. Angela. <laughs> uh, Stephen Wickham from Red Dwarf. I'm going to be meeting him in Sci-Fi Wales later on in the year. He played the Gelf Bride, for anybody who um, watched Red Dwarf. He picked The Omen, hopefully not the remake. Stephen, <laughs> all the, off yeah. the hoof words. Uh, Nick Stepani from The Haunting of Alice Rogue, which was another project I was in, he picked Stu's favourite, Night no, Run Elm Street. Yay. Again,
3: Yay.
1: hopefully not the bloody remake. Um, Joseph Alton from Game of Thrones, he picked Stephen King's It. Understandable. Good. Yeah.
0: Pennywise mm-hmm.
1: can scare the crap out of anybody. Yes. Uh, Jason Mazza, who was in films such like The Hooligan Factory, he picked The Orphanage
0: oh brilliant choice that movie is so tense so i was quite chuffed with some of the ones i
1: thought everybody's just going to go for like scream or or night of the living dead or whatever but there was some like really good oh never i've not seen that one mentioned yet now kai Eric erickson from uh no evil 2 he picked event horizon as did lee Majoub also from see no evil they both i think they both had a chat with each other and
0: went can't be was picking a film each, so we just cover Event Horizon each. Um, yeah, but I'm one of those people who, the, the, there you go, there's the film then. The film that I like, which a lot of people hated, Event Horizon, because I really, really like Event Horizon. I stick up for that film. So I I, yeah, I I really liked it. I thought it was, the imagery in that movie is really creepy and really nasty. So I I would say that one for my film. You're going to go for that
1: one? Yeah. Good. Well, uh, well, well, Kai and Lee both wait for that one as well. See so you in good company. Georgia Groom, who is in London to Brighton, as well as Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging many, many years ago. Oh. She's gone for Stephen King's It as well. Alexa Yames, who is an American actress, she's pretty awesome. She works alongside John Fouts, who I do a podcast with as well. She also picked The Sixth Sense, getting near the list, getting the end of the list, guys, don't worry. Uh, (laughs) Eddie Weber, who is in things like The Business with Danny Dyer, and who's just bought a pub, actually, weirdly enough. He's picked Don't Look Now with Donald Sutherland, yeah, which is uh, pretty creepy. I wonder if he just remembers
0: the scene in the attic. Uh,
1: Possibly. I think it's probably... Yeah, disturbing film uh, Leon Vickers who's been in Doctor Who and who's also into film Allies he also picked Event Horizon so that's three oh, well. three people have picked Event Horizon and yeah that's the film that has been picked out the most as Event Horizon I would have gone for Night of the Living Dead me personally, Stu what would you have gone for if I'd have sent you that tweet? Nightmare on Elm Street and Lauren?
2: Night of the Living Dead with you
1: one oh, of the first
2: yeah, ever yeah. films to really creep me out
1: fantastic so i did make a mistake of putting all these tweets out really really fast so then for the next 36 hours or whatever it's like bloop, and horror titles would just pop up so i'd have to <laughs> jump back onto the list cut and paste it in here and then knew that i'd have to just rattle through this list at some point and go out but all of those people are on twitter thank you to every single one of them that uh, had a good old think about horror film so yeah
2: thanks Paul.
1: there you go Right, now I can breathe now. Stu, yeah, you have a quiz. I do. Body.
0: A quiz and then something that's a little bit more interesting at the end of it where it, you just can get bonus points and all that stuff. So there's bonus points involved. Nice. But um, because I was talking about the banned film, Hate Crime, it's the latest film to be banned in the UK, I thought I would do a banned film quiz. And all I'm just going to tell say is a name of a film. It can be horror-related or not, and you've just got to tell me if it was banned or not. It is simple as that. Between yous both, so um, just tell okay. me if it was banned or not.
1: Now, is this like banned, but now it might have been re-released since then? All of these, so has this had a ban at any point?
0: Yeah, all of these films have been banned, but they have been re-released. I'm getting on to uh, um, films that have been banned, but outright banned and never been re-released um, a little bit after this. So these have okay. been banned, but they have been re-released in some form. So th- yeah. the f- there could have been anyway, some of these. But you just tell me if they have been banned or not. So okay. the first one, Last Tango in Paris. It's an easy one, that one. Banned. Yep, so it's just a straightforward one. That's one point each year. So it was banned. It was banned in Singapore, um, one of the countries that it was banned in. Uh, next one, Zoolander. <laughs> not banned. No. It was banned. It was banned in Malaysia due to images of sweatshops. <laughs> okay. So it was banned. <laughs> A Nightmare on Elm Street. No. Uh no. It wasn't banned. It was never banned in Nightmare on yeah, yeah. Elm Street. Um, the film 2012. Yeah, it was banned. Yes, that was I remember the Rolling Demerit disaster yeah. film 2012. It was it was banned in North Korea. <laughs> it was banned because in 2012 it was the 100th birthday of Kim Il sung and they didn't want a disaster film to be released in their country in 2012 and so they banned the movie and they've never lifted the ban on the film. <laughs> wow.
1: It's not that good really. You know, they should just keep the ban. It's fine. I know. Um, Alien.
2: No.
0: No. Nope, was never banned. Um, Resident Evil. Yeah. Yes. No. No?
2: Nope. It was never
0: banned. It wasn't banned in any country, Resident Evil. Uh, the next one, The Hunger Games.
2: I want to say yes.
0: Mm. I'm going to go for no on that. It was banned. It was banned yeah, in no. Vietnam due to inappropriate content. Yeah. What? How's that? This is
1: this is the same Vietnam,
0: is it?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Crikey. Soil. Yes. No. Yes, it was banned in Aww. Oman.
2: I'm doing better than Stuart. This is amazing.
0: Sick. <laughs> South Park, Bigalonga and Uncut. Yes, it was
2: totally banned. Yes.
0: Right, I will give you a bonus point if you can tell me in how many countries was it banned. Now, these are countries that are part of the Commonwealth.
1: Oh. Um, I don't even know how many countries are in the Commonwealth. Um, three.
0: Lauren? Four. <laughs> sixteen. It was oh, banned in wow, sixteen countries. I didn't even know there was that many countries in...
1: <laughs>
2: Uh, wow. not too good.
0: <laughs> Lauren gets the bonus point because she was the closest. Yeah. Uh, yep. Eden Lake. Mm,
3: no.
0: Yes. No, it was not banned. Yeah. God's
1: yeah, sake. Yeah. I'm going to re edit this. So I'm going to get them all right in they edit.
0: Right now, <laughs> these next. Does. Um, the, the two after this one, right, The both were banned. This one might not have been banned or whatever, but I'll just give you one. on the two after the, the next one have been banned. You've just got to give me a guess on how many countries they were banned in. Okay. So the, the next film, this one, it could have been banned or it couldn't have been. The Simpsons movie. No. Yes. It was banned in Iraq.
3: What? What?
0: <laughs> yeah and the Simpsons themselves are entirely banned in Iraq because they do not believe that people should be yellow. That is the whole reason why the Simpsons the Simpsons TV program is banned and the film was banned in Iraq. Can't they just show it in black and white? I don't I, I was just it's it's head scratcher isn't it? That one. Yeah. Right so these next two films you've just got to tell me in how many countries were they banned in. So the first one a Serbian film Oh, like... All of them. Fucking,
2: <laughs> like, 35.
0: Yeah, tw- 23. Eight. What? Oh. Eight. Seriously? Eight, yep, Yeah. Was one of those Serbia? Nope. It was actually released in Serbia. Wow. Um, And Cannibal Holocaust? Uh,
2: 10.
0: 17. 18.
2: Oh. Ooh, yay! <laughs>
0: Damn. Right, and just a little bit of a... He's, um... A sort of like a side question. If this film was banned. This film was banned outright. It has never been released. You've just got to tell me um, how many minutes would have had to been cut from the film because the production <laughs> company was told that they would have had to cut so much from the film for it actually being released. The film itself is called House on the Edge of the Park.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. And do we know the full running time for that film? It was, or it was 90 minutes.
0: 71. 71 minutes of the film had to be cut.
1: Yes, if it was released.
0: <laughs> it, it's not that bad. It's 11
1: minutes, <laughs> 11 and a half minutes. Wow. Have, you, have you seen that one at all, Stu? Through your wonderful sources? Nope. I've
2: um, even heard of it. What's Warren? it House, House
1: on the House Edge of the Park. House one on the of these Edge of the like, Park. Is,
2: is it a 70s like,
1: or an early 80s, 80s one, one or something, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's a uh, um, 70s one.
1: It's like Lucio or whatever it is, or something. Yeah, I think
0: it's part of the the Jalo series, the yeah. films, the or Fulci. That's the one. Uh, yeah, I think it is part of them ones. But then, um, what I decided to do also is to have a little look online of um, films that have been banned completely outright. The, these are films that have never had um, been released in any way, shape, or form because they have been banned completely outright. And um, I've got a list of some of them if you are interested. Yeah. Hell
3: yeah.
0: you have heard of uh, things like The Bunny Game and the Hate Crimes, because we've already talked about that, and a film called Grotesque as well, which was banned in 2009 due to high levels of, if, of major violence. That that film has never been released. Uh, but um, starting off, you, have you heard of a film called Love Camp 7? No. Nope. Yes. It yep. was uh, was part of the 39 Prosecuted Videos. You might have seen some of it in the Video Nasties documentary that they did.
1: Yeah, that was one of these, like, uh, concentration camp um, abusive experiment type things, weren't it?
0: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it, was ban- it was banned. Um, it went up for reclassification in 2002, but it was refused. So um, there's a silent... You must have heard of Silent Night, Deadly Night.
3: Yeah.
0: Yes. The sequel was actually rejected in 1987 um, after the distributors refused to cut um, a double murder scene from it. And it's never been released since. So the sequel has Never Seen the light of Deer over here, which is a bit strange considering mm-hmm. the first one did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a film called Mikey, which was banned in 1993 due to portraying a child serial killer after the murder of Jimmy Bulger. So this was sort of like when they were looking back on over Child's Play 3 and they wanted Child's Play 3 to be banned. That was banned for a little while, but it was then re-released uh, again at a 15-rated certificate. So there was, I mean, there's
1: the same sort of kerfuffle when, like, The Good Son came out with Macaulay Culkin yeah, and Eliza, that think, a Wood. I were like, how dare they? It was. I remember working in a video store around that time, and they were like, no, it's not coming out. You're like, what? And then it came out, and nobody watched it. Um,
0: a movie called Murder Set Pieces, which I've heard of, and it was banned in 2004 due to sexual violence. A lot of these movies were banned because of sexual violence, and uh, directors refused to actually cut the movies. Um, the same again for a movie in 2004 called Woman in Cell Block 9. That was banned in 2004 for over-sexual violence against a minor. There was a character in the prison who was under the age of 18, and she was uh, sexually raped a few times in the film. And obviously because of the way the the law is in this country, it was banned. In, uh, in it, These are banned in the UK, by the way. Um, yeah. It was just banned outright. It was never... They, ne- they weren't asked to reclassify or recut it they just banned it outright, the BBFC it's like, your name's not on the list, piss off pretty much, yeah, Yeah, get out yeah, there's a film uh, from 2005 called Traces of Death because the Faces of Death series originally was banned, but there were bits cut out of it and it was reclassified and it was re-released as an 18-rated certificate yeah, there was a film called Traces of Death, a Mondo film that just had no journalistic sort like integrity to it at all it was just a lot of people getting slaughtered
1: now here's a question, Mondo is that when it's, it's, not documentary, but that when it's like real things yeah. that you see, or, and yeah, like Faces of Death is a Mondo film.
0: It is, yeah, the 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 fake kind of thing, the mockumentaries as we would know known them as. Um, yeah. I'm going to leave this one until last because the title tickled me, I thought it was funny. Now there's a film called NF713, it was banned in 2009 due to the constant sexual torture of a female prisoner. So again, the the female prisoner kind of theme. I don't know why directors think that's an interesting thing to show on film. A a female being sexually abused constantly. I think there's
1: just a weird thing where the filmmakers say, I'm going to have fun filming this. I think there's something a bit dark and nasty in there, I think. Yeah. It's
2: also very true of the horror industry to victimise women. And, you know, horror is sexualised. You know, I mean, even... Looking, looking at Saw, it's called torture porn. You know, the pornography element is getting off on the misfortune. Women are beautiful creatures. People want to look at women being tortured whenever they think of a sexy horror film. You know, it's just, it's as simple as that. And God knows, you know, there's... There's not really a whole lot of good to that. Having said that, there is elements of certain films I do enjoy, and some do it better than others. But obviously with films such as this um, and that long list that you got there, obviously the BBFC or whoever else think they went too far. I'm sitting here listening to you, and I actually find it kind of laughable because with actual real-life instances of rape and sexual assault against women in this day and age, I mean, fucking... They're not really doing a whole lot to stop or prohibit or, you know, train men against doing that. But yet they're quick to ban a film about it. So I I think it's kind of a little bit laughable.
0: Yeah, it it is. It's just you would think the way society is these days that they would get away from that kind of stuff. But they still go back to that because they still think it's really harsh to watch. Yet. When we watch them now, we laugh at it because the fact that it's more comical, the way they handle it. Because We know it's ridiculous what, what they're portraying on, on screen where you see a woman being violently raped or being chopped up into tiny little pieces. It's just become so desensitised to us now that it, it's, it's just ridiculous. And considering that, that sounds really horrible by seeing that, but it is.
2: It's absolutely true.
0: But also the thing is... is it, it,
1: does become desensitized but you guys watch more horror films than the average joe public you watch more horror films than i do so you know i can watch stuff and not be desensitized to it just yet you guys can be and yet i can be more desensitized than say like annette is or anybody else on the street so yeah uh, maybe that's they're thinking about that but
0: yeah, the, film directors need to stop making them. They, they, they definitely stuff. do, yeah. Um, the last few that I've got written down here, these are the comical ones. There was a film in 2008 banned due to the significant amount of eroticized violence between a brother and a sister, and it was called The Texas Vibrator Massacre. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, brilliant.
0: Wow. Man. As, are they doing a
1: spin off called Latex Face?
0: I am
2: nickel,
0: <laughs> but i like that though that's a good one yeah. isn't it? and the, the last two there's a film banned in 2009 because it was rape about rape and murder of gay men it was called lost in the hood mm-hmm. and the final one <laughs> it was banned in 2009 because of the major horrible incest themes that was in it it was called my daughter's a cocksucker oh jesus so is that actually the title of the film yes my daughter is a cocksucker
2: that, that, is, that sounds like a really depraved porno.
0: It is. It, it's, about, it's about a woman who's constantly raped during the movie, and she constantly says, "That's not how my father would do it."
2: Oh Jesus oh, Christ!
0: Very nice, not Jesus. Yeah. Okay. And I hope that in that list there, that especially that my daughter's a cocksucker. I hope people do not go out and seek it.
1: No, I, I wouldn't put any of those words into uh, into Google it may make your computer explode or whatever yeah. and get into trouble. There was o- there that's bizarre.
0: There was another film that was banned outright called Subconscious Cruelty, which I do not recommend people watch as well. I've seen bits of it, but it's really hard to get hold of. Some of these like really nasty movies that were previously banned or are still banned, so like the August Underground series and um, the... the the guinea pig movies, because I know you were going to ask me about the guinea pig films. I still am. Yeah. I'm
1: also going to ask you about August underground. What is, yeah. what is the August underground series? Cause I hear it mentioned a lot of times on, on Chris's show and they'll go on about August underground and guinea pigs and stuff. But what is the August underground?
0: The August underground series was a collection of, I think three films, three or four films that was um, made in France because they couldn't make them over here because they were too graphic. And it was just about a couple who Got their kicks on the amount of violence that they, they did on people, and that, that that's what the films were. It was just all about torture and people filming the torture. So that was the August Underground series, the Guinea Pig series. is a collection of films which were made in Japan, and they all had the themes of again torture, dismemberment. They were meant to be like very realistic movies. In the, the latter end of the Guinea Pig movies, they they, they went very sort of like over the top. And became more comical rather than being disgusting for what they were portraying. There's um, the release in one in America. The very first American guinea pig film is being made. I can't remember the name of it, but um, I've seen the trailer of it, and it's just about the, this guy who straps people down to the bed and slowly cuts off their limbs and tortures them that way. And that's what they're specifically down for. They're supposed to be movies that that might be real, that that look like they've been shot from somebody who's really actually doing this rather than an actor doing it on an actor and that's what they're mainly aimed for the guinea pig series so that that's what they're part of there, there's other there's other movies that belong to the those series so for example in japan part of the guinea pig series is a series called the slaughter vomit dolls and it's part yes. of the vomit um vomit part of horror which is about women or men being sick and people getting off on that kind of thing. And so there's that area as well when it comes to extreme horror. But it's mainly that this kind of stuff comes from places like Japan. It's mainly the the sort of Asian territories where this highly extreme sides of horror where you can't differentiate whether it being real or fake comes from.
1: Right, gotcha. So it now makes more sense because I've heard... The guinea pig films been mentioned a lot of time on podcasts, and yeah, at least now I know what they are. And the fact I don't have to watch them. So there you go. Uh-huh. Yeah, if you if you ever see
0: um, if you ever see a film that's got guinea pig written on it, um, it's not about the fluffy little creatures. Right. <laughs> it's,
1: it's
0: yeah, about people being
1: strapped to tables and uh, having their limbs removed.
0: Yeah, it, it's definitely not about fluffy little creatures. Shouldn't be shown to kids at all. I don't even think they should. They should be shown to anybody, to be honest. They're just ridiculous. But yeah, like I said, especially the first few films in the series. You might have heard of uh, Flower, Flesh and Blood. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of them. Devil's Experiment. That that's another one of the they're the most famous ones out of the Guinea Pig series. So this should just be avoided because they are completely over the top,ly nastily gory. They, they just have no purpose, to be honest.
2: Yeah.
1: Fantastic. Which then brings me on to my next question, because Stu, you've fantastically answered the guinea pig one. Lauren, how far is too far? And have you seen a film to give as, a, as an example of that was just way over the border?
2: No, I don't really think that, as I said before, I've, like I've said it a million times in this podcast, I'll say it again, to me, film, all sorts of film, um, even the borderline pornographic is a form of art. And to me, censorship is kind of like a big fuck you to the people of the world who, you know, kind of indulge in the darker side of cinema to, you know to maintain a healthy mindset. I mean, certainly horror films, I wouldn't be without them. Stu wouldn't be without them. I think to a certain extent, yes, people would always say, oh, you must, you know, you're so grumpy, you're so dark, you know, why don't you watch a Disney movie, Lauren? Because I want to watch a horror film. It's, it's, for me, it's, you know, it's my favorite sort of art within the film industry. It's something that, you know, I enjoy, obviously, or else I wouldn't be here. And I you know with such films as you know a Serbian film I wanted to watch it because it was banned so whenever you censor something or say that's too far you're not allowed to watch this it kind of gets i as with human curiosity it gets the mind racing it gets you going oh well what is it, is it about this film that people are saying oh no you're not allowed to watch it the bfc is saying Fuck you guys. You're not allowed to see it because you are not mature enough to handle this particular content. And I think it's, to a certain extent, it's insulting. Yes, it's protecting, and uh, you know, for the sake of children and the content reaching a mature audience, I completely understand it. That is why we have PG, Universal, 18 ratings, etc., etc. If those were structured better, um, for example people actually checking for ID when going to see 18 rated films to make sure that the audience that are going in to see this film are the correct audience and are mature enough to see the film. I think there needs to be more focused on the ratings and making sure the right people are seeing the right content and, you know, vice versa. The young kids and people who are not mature enough are not seeing this content. But for a mature, responsible adult who just, you know, gets her jollies off to horror films or just in general enjoys them, whatever way you want to put it, I don't really think that there is a line. It kind of insults me to say that, no, this is too far. I can like this, but, you know, you're telling me, I shouldn't watch a guinea pig film or and I certainly shouldn't enjoy a guinea pig film. Different strokes for different folks. There's a market for everything. There's a fan, be it only one person in the whole world. A film is made and it'll find one fan, you know? So no. I don't think there's too far. There's certain content, of course, you know, rape in particular, uh, being the only woman on this podcast, and a lot of those films that Steve mentioned were, you know, sexually violent. Even in a Clockwork Orange, rape scenes in it, um, just in general, Serbian film, whatever else, it makes me uncomfortable. I'm sure any sort of scenes with children make parents uncomfortable, or just, you know, people in general. But, you know, I don't take away the right for someone to be able to create that i think it's it's silly in this day and age to say no you're not allowed to do this or you're not allowed to do that just be responsible and sensitive to the fact that not everyone wants to see it you know
1: i mean it's also silly bad in a film let's take hate crime for example you ban it people just go online find it from another country, download it and watch it. Bang. You're you're banded absolutely nothing because I've now watched a film that six hours ago I'd never even heard of.
2: I mean, look at A Sin City 2, A Dame to Kill For. Whenever the gorgeous Eva Green poster came out and it was banned in certain places because it revealed the shape of her of her nipple or whatever it was, you know, that was just completely ridiculous. It had everyone going mad about the poster, talking about how gorgeous she was, which obviously is completely true, and just saying, you know, why? well, this poster shouldn't be banned or this poster should be banned. You know, it, to me, it's just all a gimmick saying something should be banned because, you know, it gets it's kind of like free advertising in a way you know like half of the films that i've heard have been banned i probably would not have watched unless someone told me no you can't watch this because it's banned
1: i wouldn't have even been aware of serbian film if i hadn't have read the newspaper and saw all the right we're not showing it ever type uh, articles and then it showed up on my radar and then it obviously took me several years to get around to watching it Uh, I wouldn't have even bothered if it had come out and gone straight to DVD or whatever I wouldn't have cared, probably would never have seen it and it wouldn't have become such a big thing would it really
2: yeah I mean, my philosophy is if you don't like it or you don't think you're going to like it, don't watch it, you know, not to get political, but it's the same with, you know, Christian beliefs, you know, whether or not you respect or agree with um, homosexuality or different people's ways of living. I mean, Jesus Christ, the looks I get for having tattoos in my arms, you know, it comes down to the fact that people don't like what they don't like and they're certainly going to be an arsehole and have an opinion about it, even though no one gives a shit about their opinion. You know, just be respectful of the fact that you may not like this, but someone else will and deal with it.
1: Yeah. So, yes, yeah, do. So when you get all upset about Paul Feig making films, just just let it Fuck go. Paul just Feig. Think, you know what? <laughs> just forget it. Just don't watch it. Move oh, on. I, I, Wait for the other Ghostbusters films
0: yeah, I, in the I,
1: shared universe.
0: I do follow in the nerd.com dot um, I do that box office top 10 and the two people who do the, the show show. Um, on a Thursday night, uh, Mark and Saxon—they are just as much as a huge Ghostbusters fan as me. And obviously, they—they can't—they don't swear on their show a bit like me. I don't swear on my show. But I think if they could, they would definitely agree with me. Fuck Paul Fig. <laughs> so uh, they, <laughs> yes. they would agree me agree, agree with me on that front. By the way, th- the band film that I was telling you about—that's been made in America. That's part of the Guinea Big series. It's called Book Here of Guts and Gore. Just watch the trailer, if you watch the trailer then you've pretty much seen what the, what the film is actually like and that that's, that is the problem with these kind of films as well, specifically these band movies, the trailer with the band films gives away too much of the film gives away too much of the feeling of the film so if you watch the trailer and if you can pretty much get through the trailer of the movie then you can pretty much get through the film itself
2: Yeah, you know what you mean
0: and I don't like it when th- these, these nasty films go way over the top because then if they're trying to go for realism if you go weird too over the top then you're losing people in my opinion that that's what was my big problem with um with the the human centipede because i found the first one there was a believability in it when, when the doctor was stitching three people together there was a believability in that front there yet with the sequel there was no believability in it at all, whatsoever, none, because you would look at that character and you would think to yourself, how the hell has he managed to get all those people into that warehouse? And then all of that nastiness happened. It, it, it just loses its believability. So it becomes more comedic rather than something that makes you gag or feel a bit disgusted at watching. And so when I watched through the entirety of it, I was just going, the reason why I don't like this film is because you went too far over the top and you lost the believability of the first movie.
2: Yeah.
0: So that, that's that, that's the problem I see with these extreme movies. If you go too far, you're just making yourself feel more like a comedy, like a carry-on film, or, or more like a scary movie film rather than what you were originally aiming for.
2: Yeah. I mean, there is a certain level of, you know, sort of, perviness to it not to put it too eloquently i mean like as you were saying a lot of these um sort of what is it the guinea pig films come from like you know asian asia or whatever else whatever way you put it um you know and i I don't want to i don't want to play this card but i mean certain films that come from that part of the world are known i mean i mean look i don't know how to phrase this without sounding a little bit racist and i really don't mean to i mean it like look at hentai Look at certain animes and the way that they portray people sexually. You know, people get off on really weird things. And there's a certain level of horror that is sexualized. I mean, violence towards women has always been sexualized within the horror industry. From, you know, rape revenge films like I Spit on Your Grave or Last House on the Left, you know, there's a certain level of perverse kicks to it you know and Jesus Christ like if that's what people get off to I honestly don't have a problem with it because it means they're watching this film for not going out and raping people you know I mean everyone has a dark side everyone wants to indulge that side of themselves if horror films and extreme films like the guinea pig series and whatever else is out there if that's the way they choose to do it they're not hurting anybody they're releasing a certain sort of stimulant within themselves but needs to be released they need to blow off that tension one way if they get off watching this certain film that's fine let them go at it we're not hurting anyone
0: as long as sure, they don't then there's, hurt there's somebody. a
1: belief then there's the belief that people think oh if you watch that film you then want to go out and emulate it which i don't agree with that way of I thinking think but I, some people do unfortunately
2: yeah. i do understand where people are coming from whenever they think of that um, to that I bring up the whole Bowling for Columbine thing in that listening to Marlon Manson lyrics does not make me want to go and you know, fuck up a school and do terrible things to innocent people you know, I mean everyone's different everyone has a threshold um, basically if you are not a well person and you need help and you watch these sort of films and are not in a, respons- in a responsible and mature mindset to be able to deal with the content you're seeing yes it's not going to help but in the same way, playing a violent video game isn't going to help. I mean, these are things yeah. that, you know, people blow off steam with. I mean, Jesus Christ, I know I do. Um, Like, like I, I don't know, like, what do these people want? I mean, if there wasn't these outlets for people's tension and the ability to blow off steam in these ways, the world would be a lot worse. I know we're not exactly living in Candyland, but it would be a lot worse, in my opinion.
0: For, for me, it it, it's... It's not down to the content that they that they they're watching or playing or listening to. It's down to how they were raised as a child. If you, you need to actually look at the person's life as how they were raised, what their parents were actually like. They are the ones who influenced their children when, when they grew up, whether whether you're, you were um, abandoned, you're an orphan. Or whether you were raised in a um, a family where your father or mother abused you violently, or anything like that, they should never use. People should never use movies or video games, violent films, uh, violent video games as scapegoats. These are just created because there are digital outlets, like you said. Most of the time, they're there to just release a bit of steam, a bit of tension. If you've had a bit of a, a crappy day at work, you come back and play a couple of games of Call of Duty. Or something yeah. like that because it's digital it's not real it's fake you look at films a lot of this stuff on film is fake there is a section of films where it's real and they're called documentaries
3: yeah they're
0: then they're, they're they're not films they're documentaries they're shot about real life films as better a director coming up with a creative idea of of an outlet of him being able to release his his idea his imagination the people who watch these movies and reenact these crimes and then these movies get blamed for this and ultimately get banned, it's not the film's fault. It's the person's mentality's fault because of how they were raised. Absolutely. And they I mean, never look at that element. They never look back at what their childhood was like. They always look at the immediate thing, the thing that the last thing they watched, the last thing they listened to.
2: Yeah, because it's easier to I mean, to Stu, Stu how,
0: how old are you,
1: Stu? I'm 34. Right. So for the past 30, 32 years, you've been watching horror films. Yeah. Without having a look at the list, I would pretty much say you've seen thousands of horror films. Pretty much. How many people have you raped or killed?
0: <laughs> um, no. I'm but, hoping. But Otherwise,
1: you may be off the podcast.
0: I've got a straitjacket with my name on it.
1: Well, yeah, that's different, though. But, yeah, you know, true. you've never done it. No, what I, films I, did Jack the Ripper watch? Pretty <laughs> sure he didn't watch any movies.
0: I think he was obsessed with Tom-
1: Thomas the Tank Engine, though.
0: Yeah, think
1: man. he may have been. Adolf Hitler, that's- what movies did he watch? No idea.
0: It was the the thing is with Adolf Hitler as well. It wasn't predominantly just Hitler. It was his right hand man, the person who was actually produ- uh, doing the, all of these experiments and stuff like that. He was the sadomasochist. Yeah, Mengler
1: Meng- um, or or something like that. Yeah, anyway, somebody I like that. I wonder what films he watched. Bambi.
0: Hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's it's the media piss me off every time they blame. Yeah. With the whole James Bulger thing. Oh, it's Charles Play Three. No.
0: How the hell could Child's Play 3 influence a kid, um, two kids, to kidnap another kid to kill him? Child's Play 3 is about a possessed doll. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, people just look for blame in really stupid places because it's easier than looking at the real problem. The real problem is their home lives, the way these kids are brought up. The As you say, um, I completely agree with what you said about, you know, their childhood, the way they're brought up they um, you know, all the rest of it that contributes to why they did this. Um you don't have to always define yourself as a victim because something bad happened to you as a kid, but unless you're able to move past it, then watching the likes of Beginning of Pig series or a Serbian film or whatever else probably isn't the best choice. And that's where the problem lies. I mean there's not help for people who need help. Not in the not in the real true way, because obviously the help that they need comes down to mental illness and you know psychological problems and there's just in this world I don't think that there's enough help or understanding or empathy towards that to
0: me I, I think the biggest culprit is not it's not video games it's not music it's the press so it's the newspaper and the news they're, they're the biggest culprit for all of this happening because kids and have, um, the the news is easily much more accessible than anything else out there. They're, you can see, even if you're homeless, you'll see a newspaper with a story where somebody's being killed. That'll influence somebody more than a video game or a film or a song because it is real life. Yeah. It's, not real life. it's not real life. A song is just words. There's yeah. just words that somebody is singing. It's not real life. The news that's on every single day here we hear about countries where you've got the Taliban or ISIS or any of that who've managed to do airstrikes on on towns and cities, killing hundreds or thousands of people. That's real life. That's, the, that's influencing people to go out and kill. It's not banned films. It's not banned video games. It's not nothing that we see visually on on things like that. Totally, and and for
2: the most part, I would completely agree. What do you think, yeah, yeah. Stuart?
0: I
1: totally agree as well. Yeah, it's it's just very very easy to blame films. Somebody killed somebody. What did? Oh, they watched Natural Born Killers. Must have been that. Yeah. You know, it's it's an easy news story to type up, uh, yeah. and I think it always has been since the very sort of early 80s, right through the video nasties thing, right through to films like Reservoir Dogs coming under fire, and you know, and you know, even bringing it forward to today. We're like hate crime, Serbian films, Human Centipede 2s, all that sort of stuff. It's uh, it's just too easy to to blame. It is a blame culture that we live in, yep. isn't it? Yep. So, you know, there we go. But we have covered one hell of a lot of topics in this, uh, this two-hour show, which has been fantastic.
0: Yeah, wait, wait until you hear what I've got lined up um, for, for next month's podcast. It's an interesting topic, which I, I threw towards you. ...on Facebook, and you've never heard of them, so I wonder if Lauren's heard of them. Lauren, have you ever heard of something called a creepypasta? Creepypasta,
2: <laughs> yes, yes.
0: Now, I've been slightly addicted to reading pastas because I find them really fascinating. They're sort of like campfire tales.
2: Is that, uh, that not where sorry to interrupt, is that not where Slender Man came from?
0: Yeah, pretty much so. Slender Man, the there's Jeff the Killer as well, the Smiley the Dog. There's there's loads of them. And so next month I want you to have a little hunt around for a few interesting creepy pastas. They're yeah. they're easy to find. Just Google creepy pastas, they're very short stories, but just read a couple of them and which take your take your fancy and we'll go over a few little creepy pastas next month because I've never heard of a podcast talk about creepy pastas.
2: No, never, have I, yeah.
0: That <laughs> yep. there, there, there's a, if you go onto YouTube there's a there's a YouTube channel that I subscribe to because I I like their videos called Box Office Mojo. Yes. Yep.
3: Um
0: and they do a top ten, like three or four every day. They've done a top ten creepy pastas. What's their top ten that'll give you a few uh, few to go with? Jeff the Killer is the most straightforward one without people who know what creepy pastas are know Jeff the Killer. And it, it, that's an interesting read, that one. But there are some really interesting creepy pastas out there.
2: Yeah, definitely. That's a good idea.
0: I shall investigate that. Definitely. Something fun. Okay.
1: So, plugs. Lauren, where can everybody find you? And what do you do?
2: Come have a chat with me on Twitter. You can find me at ScreenQueenLR. I had to take a second to think about my username. there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's that point in the day. Um, sometimes I make YouTube videos most of the time I don't I am looking at getting back into it Um, you can check out some old stuff including film reviews equality rants Uh, Chris would love it, a lot of rants on my YouTube it's at youtube.com slash screenqueenlauren and for the moment that's pretty much it follow me on Twitter, we'll have a wee talk
1: but don't criticise Alien 5 (laughs) or she'll kill you Yeah, (laughs) what? Where can everybody find you and what do you get up to when you're not on this
0: program? Well, I'm in a multitude of places. I am what's known as a podcast hall. You have (laughs) a shared
1: universe, don't you? There is a shared universe for Stu Miller.
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm like Marvel mixed with DC. (laughs) Because I do this one and I do my own show on a Monday night or Tuesday night or Sunday night or whatever night that takes Andrew's fancy. (laughs) <laughs> and then I also do Following the Nerd, which I write some news stories for the website when I can be bothered, too, when my fingers can actually touch the keys on the keyboard. Or I do their box office top ten every Thursday night. Their show is live, 9 o'clock, followingnerd.com. Uh, but me, you can get me on Twitter, at cryptic tadpole. I'm on there every so often. I'm also on Facebook, but I couldn't be asked with Facebook. It's, it's a bit of a pile of crap, that place, to yeah. be honest. But Twitter, at cryptic tadpole.
1: Yay. and everybody can find me at from page to screen everywhere um and you can also look at me on the imdb where my latest credit as associate producer on cops and monsters was just added so yay me that takes gonna... me up to my 12th credit
0: i thought you were going to okay. say okay. I no, we'll no. it. associate path there is good okay no
1: no associate producer myself. so thank you very much fraser for that one so I've got uh, two acting credits I've got another one pending a bunch of publicity ones and one associate producer so those guys are going to be doing the fundraising thing for continuing their little universe and stuff at the end of March so you'll see my Twitter light up with that lot um, pretty soon and yeah so do search everybody's Twitter thing on this show we are all very entertaining if you've got any questions or any topics or anything mainly um, just give us a shout and uh, we are pretty good at answering them so there you go and if any guests yeah. out there want to jump on a podcast um, give us a shout i have got at some point the guy who edited the the cabal cut of uh, nightbreed he's going to come on so andrew you will be here at some point point. and brooke lewis has got an appointment at some point with lauren rebecca reed those two are going to have a bit of a chat so that notice. should be fun to listen to and also uh, Jessica Cameron will be coming on at some point. We just need to drop her an email and say hi and get all our schedules together. So we do have a lot of guests lined up throughout the year, but we've always got space for more. We do this show once a month, which leaves three weeks pretty much free. So any guests that want to jump on, you can either speak with me, you can speak with Stu, you can speak with Lauren, or just pick pick whoever you want, and we'll, uh, we'll make it happen.
0: And you two need to outdo me next month with the amount of films.
2: I shall do we my do.
0: very best. Creepy uh, I've fastest. seen six creepypastas. Yeah, I've seen 60,
1: 61 films, just not that many horror ones. Um,
0: you so well, I, I have behind no me. That's not bad. It's I've slowed, cool. Yeah, I've slowed down slightly over the last like month and a half because I've been stupidly busy, but I've seen 62 oh. films. The only thing is, though, I'm off work for the next week. Oh, no. So I can probably double that in the space of a week.
3: I have you um?
1: Have you seen White Bird in a Blizzard? Yes. What did you reckon to that? I mean, it's it's kind of got horror elements in it, but you know, not specifically horror film. But I love that film.
0: Yeah, because of Eva Green. That's what, what was she in it? Yeah, she is in White Bird in the Blizzard. She plays uh, Shirley Woodley's mother in the film. Oh crap! That was her, was it? All right, That's okay. Eva Green. Yeah, she was yeah, she, she drunk is, as. A... She was amazing. She, is, she was drunk as a skunk for most of it. She is fantastic in White Bird and the Blizzard. Shailene Woodley's actually pretty good in it as well, but every yeah, single she's... scene that um, Eva Green's on screen, she steals the show because she does that in every single film. Even though I hated uh, the last 300 movie, I really hated that film. I <laughs> thought Eva Green was the best thing about it, and she is She is by far the best thing of uh, White Bird and the Blizzard. It's out on DVD now. It's fantastic. I love the soundtrack to that as
1: well, because it would have been set in the late 80s. Yeah. Um, I'd watched the film, and then I sat and watched it with Annette, because I went, you're going to watch this film. And I think she quite liked the film, but really enjoyed the music. Yeah. So it was very good.
0: It's uh, for fans of can't. people who like Shailene Woodley, who's in the, um, Divergent, because I've seen Insurgent as well, which is not very good. It's a sequel to uh, Divergent. But she's a good actress, Shailene Woodley. She was in The Fault in Our Stars, which was a drama about um, somebody with leukaemia, which made me cry. Wow. I've admitted to that. I can't believe I've just done that on a horror show. But the, uh, um, she, she is a good actress, but honestly, Eva Green, she, she steals the show.
1: She does. Um, you said that uh, Insurgent's not very good. How would yeah. you compare it to Divergent? Because I really like Divergent.
0: Nowhere near as good as Divergent. It, it's a messy film, Insurgent. Oh. It, it completely, yeah. practically obliterates any good that it did in Divergent. Because it's oh, set that. five years after Divergent, yet it feels like Insurgent is set 25 years after it.
1: Is there any scenes in it where a horse gets killed?
0: No. All right, I might
1: watch it then. That will do. So anybody got any ex- anything exciting planned for the coming week? Other than, Stu, you're watching tons of films. Yeah, because I'm off for a week.
2: Yeah. I'm not off for a week. That's I, mean.
0: <laughs> I really needed to be honest because at my work we're so short staffed. I work in a shop where there needs to be around about six people, and over the last couple of weeks there has been three of us working a six people job. Plus, got some bad news during the week that the managing director, one of the managing directors, passed away of cancer. Oh. And his son actually works in the shop as well, so that made it even worse. And so, uh, it's been an absolute cluster fudge. Over the last few weeks, um, one or another person has been off, so I've had to do instead of just doing my job, I've had to do like three other people's jobs. So I need this week off.
1: Put your feet up, watch lots of films. Watch Hannibal while I'm sitting down here trying to watch Penny Dreadful.
0: Yeah, I'll be. I'll watch a few episodes of Hannibal. It'll be the thing that I watch when I wake up in the morning So I'll wake up and go. I fancy watching something gory, so I'll watch oh, Hannibal
1: I'll just. There's horses in that one as well. But now, season two is so much better than season one. And season while, one was pretty good. But wh-
0: While eating something with copious amounts of ketchup. Because uh, for some oh. reason, watching gory horror films where people get ripped apart makes me hungry. See, that, that, oh. instead of making me a killer or whatever, it makes me hungry. So, <laughs> not for human flesh, though. No, not for human flesh. You just like watching when you see somebody getting their intestines ripped out. I'm thinking to myself, I could do with a good spaghetti bolognese right at this moment. Fantastic. Well,
1: I've got to get up tomorrow morning about eight o'clock, and I've got the new Danny Trio film to watch, and um, and send a review off for that. So I don't know how well that's going to go, but we'll find out tomorrow morning. It's a
0: Danny Trio film. I think he can probably guess how well it'll go. Yes, probably.
1: Uh, Lauren, what have you got planned for your coming week? I'm guessing work, seeing as you sighed and groaned when Stu said he was off for a week.
2: Yeah, not jealous at all. Yeah, just a um, lot of work ahead of me, unfortunately.
1: How's the new house though? The new
2: place. It's lovely. It makes it all worthwhile.
1: Fantastic. So, anytime you're at work and you think, oh, can't be bothered, just think of your new house, your new internet, and all the things you can do with it. Like make some YouTube videos, hopefully.
2: Yeah, God. I need to get back to making YouTube videos. I just I have no idea where to find the time. I need to stop sleeping.
0: Maybe borrow my TARDIS
2: yeah could you could you fire that over to me you're not gonna need a week off
0: i'll lend you it for the next week
2: that would be brilliant
1: fantastic so it should actually be in your house from about 10 minutes ago so that's not too yeah. bad is
2: it oh oh it, i i think i heard something in the bathroom it might be bad
0: no i don't I don't think it is that i think it's got lost in the royal meal
2: ah uh, probably so <laughs> yeah
0: probably
1: Anyway, you guys, I shall let you enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you very much for a marathon-length show, round about two hours and 20 minutes, which is I think close. we extend
0: it nope. every single month, don't we? It gets longer and longer. I think by the time we're finished at the end of the year, it's going to be like six hours or something.
1: <laughs> I'm fine with that. I think previously, though, it was shorter because of the Skype outs. You just get to a point where you're like, you know what? Fuck this, I'm out of here. But thanks for the show, guys. Bye. And But yeah. and Skype worked.
0: Yeah, it's working. Which is, it's Yay. working
1: so that is pretty good so these shows may get longer and longer and longer and be like 24 uh, hours long yeah. in jack bauer horror podcast yeah
3: totally. which
1: would be fun but thank you very much and i shall keep up to date and uh, enjoy your week Stu. sitting watching welcome. horror films good luck with work lauren thank
2: you very much
1: and uh, good luck on twitter and if anybody really annoys you just just block them and then unblock them the day after. So, balls to them. Yeah. All right.
2: That would be a Take lot Take care. Bye everyone. Take
1: care, guys. Bye. Bye, bye, everybody. Mm-hmm.